welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the bureaucratic space dinosaur, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 488. 488 or 489, my friend Eric Shea, because last week we were Patreon only, and I believe that that might have been the 88. Am I not mistaken, or am I completely off uh, base there? Well, honestly, I went and checked iTunes to see what wasn't there. I thought I jumped ahead, but maybe I thought to myself, hey, the next one's not there, but I still went with it anyway. <laughs> maybe but I'm pretty I'm sure now because I, I ended right. up writing a deal. I'm checking right now the deal here. This is fun stuff, isn't it? It is 88, Eric. You are correct. So if anybody's Hooray. wondering where 487 is, that it's was a Patreon-only show last week. And go to Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, and check that on out. We ended up talking about two books, right? Detective Comics yes. and the Power Girl Special, and ended up being almost three hours. And our Mount Rushmore of comic creators, or DC comic creators more specifically. We did that as well. And so we're here. And just to keep pushing that old Patreon, if you are going to be wondering where such things like the Flash number 800 or Steelworks number one is, that'll be over at the Patreon as well. The beginning of a mini. And the celebration of Wally West. Yes, an end of an era, the Jeremy Adams era, Eric. It's, it wasn't that long an era, See, but still. you said that. I keep hearing you say the end of an era. I'm like, are you throwing shade at Jeremy it Adams? It might have been a, at the start of an era, I think, with, with old Cy Spurrier. Which, you know, that's just me, Eric. But I actually was laughing, and this kind of is a segue into something that I was laughing about today. About the idea that when you started getting me inspired to get in the comics, and I actually jumped on the new 52, and mm -hmm. you weren't anything, you wanted no parts about it. Not on my watch. But then I would like to think that my enthusiasm then sparked you, right? And you ended up Earth going two. again. But you also were getting Superior Spider-Man at that I point, was. right? You were dipping your toe and... At that point, I think you would have told me that you kind of enjoy old Cy Spurrier. Maybe one of your favorites at that point. I'm just saying, Eric, because he was the one doing Six-Gun Gorilla that you were collecting. I was collecting. I don't think I finished collecting, though. No, I don't think you did. At one point, I think hey, that's what happened. Hey, there's a book called Six-Gun Gorilla. This has to be good. It, it was actually decent. I read it as well. I think that if I remember right, I think Tony, the comic <laughs> he couldn't get an issue or something, and there was a problem, so you just stopped reading it and dropped it. Quite like the Colossus death, Eric, back in the day that stopped that wasn't making Tony's fault. That was Marvel's fault. But yeah, that was coming in the mail. But with all of that, it just made me laugh because I was just thinking about some things and how we got into the comics and stuff and just remembered, oh, my God, that was Cy Spurrier that was doing that Six-Gun Gorilla that me and you left. You got Six-Gun Gorilla just like I got Frankenstein, Age of the Shape. Right. That, that ended up being a little title better, alone. I think. But it was the title and it made us giggle just saying the title and giggling to each other. But again, if you want to listen to The Flash number 800 and Steelworks number one, that was picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, and they ended up having that. It's a big book, The Flash 800. We ended up talking a lot about it, and yeah, was an episode over there that was almost two hours. It's about an hour and 45 minutes long. So if you want to go and listen to me and Eric, you know, wax poetic about those, and maybe Eric finding out that he still can't have fun with things. I think we're going to have that again tonight. Blind optimism for you. That's all it is. With all that, again, go over and help us out at the Weird Science Patreon, patreon.com slash 
Weird Science. But other places that you can go and check us out is on Twitter at Weird Science DC and go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com to get all those reviews, right, Eric? Wink, wink. But we're going to move to where I like to go. And where I like to go, Eric, is the badass roll call. Here we go. Since when? I like to make you laugh where I fumble through. This is what I like. Plus, I I get fired up almost like the Fat Boys. And I want to rap at the beginning. Here we go. Stephen Batad Mitchell, Brian Trevitt, Dad Nation. Yeah, y'all. Eric K, Jeffrey Greek, Zach Walker, The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S, Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Niels T. Wart, David Fink, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Rocky. And then we have what I'm going to go and call a, a little bit of an audible, Eric. We what? have the Irish person, B. Oh, problem. What do you think of that? Do you like the problem? problem? Because if things were changed, I didn't reload it since I started. So Mark Jager, Bill Beer from the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos, Noah Marv, Matt Rapier. This kid's still a big Mirror Master fan. Luke right. Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh, Million, Batman Beyond, Mark, B, Mer, Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo and Doxing, Double A Ron in Minnesota, Bing Bang Boom, Eric. That went swimmingly, as they say. <laughs> and also a little shout out, or a big shout out to all time greats, Rob Lewis and Reginald Drinkwater. We miss them. Daily. So that is that. And Eric, we had a lot of crazy things happen this week, but we're going to get on to the books. I'm going to surprise you, Eric. And we're just going to get out of here. We're going to go right to the books. We have six books. I like to call that a plethora. And it's kind of cool to be back on the regular feed here. Get all fired up, Eric. All these great things. We got the Batmans and the Supermans and the Shazams. This sounds sarcastic. What are you doing right now? I don't know. I I don't feel so great today. (laughs) I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit wacky today. I'm a little fired up. I actually, I'm excited to do the show. It's been a little bit, you know, sometimes you need a fire lit under your ass, Eric, right? To get you pumped up and fired up. And that's what I got. But here we go. We're going to go off to the books. (laughs) I don't know. Some arsonist that's around here. I'm sure one of my kids is into that. But here we go. We're going to get to the books right about now.
Well, indeed, Eric, Jim's and Eric's reviews coming right at you. And before we go into these said reviews, I do want to give a shout out. I meant to do this in the beginning, but you had me flustered, Eric, as you always do. Sorry. And I forgot all about giving this shout out. And what it is, it was a Apple podcast review. And we got excited about it because it's a five-star reviewer. Who would bump it in? And it's from LightSout122, who ended up saying, A great DC podcast, Eric. Jim and Eric always provide a great experience covering DC comics. They consistently add humor to each discussion, which heightens the podcast. And I do think that might be a diss on me. And it heightens. I always enjoy their honesty as well. Oh, my God. That honesty bit us in the ass this week. They call out the comics that are of poor quality, but also are quick to praise the books that are good. A great comics podcast. Well, thank you. Light Sout 122. Every time I see it, I want it to say Light Soul for some reason, but it does not, Eric. It says Light Sout. So why do you keep saying that? But thanks a lot. And please, if anybody wants to go and give reviews and stuff like that, we will mention them on the podcast, maybe even in the first section where I wanted to, Eric. But maybe. here we are. Maybe. Maybe this is the most important section. Here we are with the books. And, of course, we always do start with Batman, but we also have Superman's Batman's kind butt. of, right? We also have maybe the, the Shazams who wants to be Superman, at what least with maybe? X-ray vision. Well, I don't know how long it's going to last. We'll see how it goes, Eric. But if you want to read written reviews for these, go over to our website. We're at sciencepccomics.com, where Sus Gabe. Does the reviews they might come out a little bit later as of now but they'll still be up there for the most part so go and check that out but we're going to kick into this and we're kicking in with batman eric as we always do batman number 136 written maybe. by chip sadarsky maybe batman <laughs> well maybe i don't know the way this Batman's is going. Butt. written by chip sadarsky art by balen ortega tomo moray and clayton coles and a backup story by Chip Zdarsky with art by Jorge Corona as we get into this. And Batman's back. Eric, he's Hooray. back. He, he's missing a hand. One hand he's check got over his here. hand there. I actually, did you go and check if the hand was the right hand later, that it no. was his right hand? I wanted to make sure. I didn't want any nonsense like Tom King back in the day. I just imagine that the idea, his right hand is missing. He went to go grab that switch with a hand. I would assume he used his dominant hand. So well, it makes I sense would to too, but maybe that was pulled aside, and I don't know. He might be a lefty. Well, yeah, he's a good guy, Jim. He's not evil. Well, that's true. I think he'd probably <laughs> play bass lefty. Like the Paul McCartney. But you can go and check Dark Knight's Metal for some reason. I know. He's doing it. That's what I was thinking of when he was acting like he was Awful. the old Gene Simmons there, and you hated it because, Eric, you don't like fun. No, I don't like ridiculous <laughs> nonsense. It takes away from the characters. Hmm. Maybe we'll see later on when it comes to certain, you know, Legal matters, but we end up in this bureaucratic space dinosaur. Batman here, he's back. Uh, people are having sort of ideas of okay, well, maybe everything was a dream. Maybe Zoranar's no. messing with them, and I'm not saying it's a dream. Though we are heading into night terrors with a K, which is really <laughs> going to throw things for a loop, right? But you end up having Mister Terrific here. He's checking him out. He knows about the hand. Eric, but, you know, talk to the hand because Batman does not want it out there. I'm telling you, everybody's worried about Batman. Everybody's worried about Bruce. I don't know yeah, if missing a hand is going to be that much any different than them being worried about anything. You don't want to add to the worries. When you see Batman back in action here in Gotham City and he's like, you know, you know, he's missing a hand. He had a makeshift hand put on the Dark Knights universe. 
But when you see it here, it's like, oh, it's that revamped one we had in Return of the Jedi that Luke Skywalker had. It's really badass and just a glove at this point. I'm like, okay, you did it. We don't even have to worry. Oh, even it's even funny though when people call it out later on where the Bat family are having breakfast together. Like, you're gonna wear your gloves at the table, and I'm just thinking to myself, who the fuck are you to question Batman and how he's gonna eat at the breakfast table? But no, I'm gonna keep him on. This guy uses a, a knife and fork to eat hamburgers when he's at the Batburger. I mean, seriously though, really because of you mentioning Luke and that hand, I am really surprised that you don't have that little thing where they show the innards and he's moving oh, yeah. just to remind it's the you the coolest part. Because all this is is to remind you, hey, everybody, or to tell you, he still has that, you know, hand. His robotic hand. And all I can think of was the idea where Mr. Terrific must be down with it. Or I think he would have said, listen, can I pimp your hand? Is there any way? like Can I, I pimp And Batman's like, I don't need flames on it or anything. And please don't put, like, play fair on it. But, yeah. Because he would definitely be able to have the tech to maybe improve it if he thought it needed improved. It's such a weird idea because I figure, like, if Batman is going to keep, like, you know, one robotic hand, you're like, we're going to keep it that he has uh, he's one hand jack of here, almost like we did with Alfred for, for a little while, until we found, like, a, a weird sus replacement just to sew on to Alfred and say, okay, medical miracle, you're good to go, Alfie. Well, if you have this, and it's going to be something that stays with the character, you have to... You have to, like you said, pimp my hand where you have different bat hands for different bat occasions. Because even at one point, when you see him just, you know, pretty much just rocking a, a black glove, essentially, it, that's all you pretty much have for your Bruce Wayne persona, I have to imagine. Like, maybe you can even get, like, a flesh robot hand. I know what I'm doing with that, but I don't think Bruce Wayne would. But I want to have a, like, an as-bat hand where you have that big, like, you know, knife gauntlet that, like, Astro had with oh, yeah. Batman. I will have all these different things. Bananka blast, like if you're gonna go out with the ladies right before you get your I, breath I figure going. If that's the case, you could just have Banak in your pocket. <laughs> well, you have it in your finger that way. And that would be one of the fingers. All of a sudden now each finger does. He's Inspector Gadget? Oh yeah, that's what I want. Go go bat fingers. Like you said though, Alfred lost his hand. Really, everybody reading this has to think to themselves, mm, that'll go away eventually. <laughs> yeah. discuss. I thought Get in that Genesis machine you have, Batman. Just redo yourself again. You got all those scars. You got the hand missing. He does that gen- a lot, The Genesis right? machine is for a cloned body. Like, not for him, though. What we had when Clone he had his body, we, up. pretty much you'll have two Batman then, and then it's a paradox, and then they're going to have to kill each other because you well, can't trust another Batman, especially with one who has brain damage because he's an That is true. Now, if we go back to that concept, would the bet? Would you have Zernar in there if you did do the clone with the Genesis machine? Maybe that will get rid of it, right? Now you're talking about some weird, amazing yeah. Grant Morrison kind of like Bat God stuff. Where you have an idea where you can put, you know, all of the thoughts and memories of Bruce Wayne into a new clone body to make sure that Batman will always continue on. Okay, that is a basis that Scott Snyder came up with that we had like the like far flung future stories where this kept happening. If we get Zuranar that is psychically protected, like not psychically, but just deep down driven into the subconscious of Batman where you cannot get him out, he's made sure that psychics can never attack him because Zuranar will always be protected and or surface of Bruce Wayne's mind is taken over. If you build yourself a body and specifically make it so the, the memories of Zuranar and everything like that come out, will you then have Batman versus Batman and Zuranar? That's amazing. Here's the thing, Eric. In my notes, the, it's funny we got to this because I was saving it for the end. That's what uh-huh. I think is going to happen. I legitimately oh, that's think. Great. And the idea of a, as I'll go kind of ahead to the ending and that backup, the idea of killing a man, could this be some sort of, okay, failsafe gets this programming and indeed 
you do have Zornar trying to kill a man, Bruce Wayne. He wants him to just, and will that, because even then at the end, Failsafe kind of is like, that does not compute. He does. It's a weird sort of like RoboCop programming that oh, I no. do think at one point you're going to get Zornar in the body. That body is going to look as they killed Bruce Wayne and then he's done. I think that that's is, actually how it's going to end. If you're going to go robot processing and thought like the thought pattern of like an AI system like that, the one that has to make sure that I kill Batman in case Batman ever crosses the line and kills somebody like we saw Failsafe do before. Because this comic wants you to know Failsafe is still out there. So where's the robot? We don't know. Hopefully it'll come back. But if you have this going on, I think what you do is you have Zuranar die, get that thing out of there. But then when Failsafe is there, he, Batman didn't kill somebody. He killed himself, so it's okay. <laughs> or, like I said, you end up, because if you're going to end up taking care of Zoran, I still think that people would be upset if Batman kills anything. I mean, I this agree. guy steps on it's the phone. It's going to be lose hard. Their mind. I think Failsafe returns. There's something with this idea that Zoranar kind of gets into its own butt, and then Failsafe takes care of that. To a world without a Zoranar. I'm, I'm actually, I would guess that at the end you will have Zoranar like, no, he's on some weird world. <laughs> I, I was actually thinking that by the end, so I'm glad we kind of got to there. But in well, this funny issue, too, itself, we can even go with the idea where Grant Morrison took the Zoranar thing. We actually take him to a world which actually looks like that Planet X Zoranar Batman. So you can have that where this is a parallel world that he's after, but it just looks like the Silver Age Zoranar Batman. Exactly. Yeah, that would be cool. And I think that we will get something like that. The problem with this issue... And on that world, he has powers. We're going to be going off to Night Terrace. So what is going to happen in this? So what this really is, is like a two-minute warning to set up the Gotham War, is a lot of what this issue is going to give you. You're going to end up having the the Oswald Cobblepot twins, and you're going to end up also having Selena Kyle setting up in this. And it's kind of a a funny play when you get to both because the idea that the Cobblepot twins, we haven't seen shit on shit about them. Well, we've been in a parallel universe. They're doing all the stuff here. And, they? uh, well, they're ending up running illegal gambling, and I don't like that. I'm a prude. But the <laughs> idea of this has to set up, like I said, not only this and the Gotham War, but also even maybe the, the book that Tom King will be doing, the Penguin book. That's going to come out in August as well. So you are Maybe. setting up some stuff here. And then at the end, you're just going to be like, okay, well, we're off the night tears. Let's see what's going on there. But in this, you end up having some nice moments with the Bat family until they're on fire of the mind. Well, that's the is it even real? Because I don't even know what's going on with Batman's mind by the end of this. And it is a mind fuck by the time we get to the end where the Bat family all do want to get together and have a Bat family breakfast because it's been too long. And they're all worried about Bruce Wayne, as they should be, because the guy was stuck in a parallel dimension for a few weeks. But when you have this going on and Bruce's mind is constantly being attacked by Zuranar and everything that Zuranar had done behind Bruce's back going on, when you have them just set on fire, and this is in front of Bruce's eyes, I'm like, all right, are you actually here right now? Is your mind just on fire? And you're, I mean, like, fire is if you're, like, you're seeing this happen, or is none of this real? Well, again, if, if they ended up, I think that if it was totally not real, you'd they'd be like, I'm on fire. What the hell? They're just, he's seeing them burn down. In my mind, this is the play of, okay, I'm going to show you that they're all doomed. Like, you sit there, they're having fun. Even Jason, right? And the idea of, you're just setting them up. See, that's the weirdest part about it, because for some reason, especially because of what we have going on, the joke of the man who stopped caring so much, when you have Jason show up to the Bath Family Breakfast, and you see them all set on fire later on, and like, you know, Bruce is all shocked at what he's seeing, as he should be. I had to question, is this all real? Especially because Jason was invited to breakfast. I'm like, 
maybe this is telling me that this isn't real because nobody would invite Jason to breakfast. It's funny. You did that. I was desperately trying to see what Damien was eating, thinking that he'd be chomping on some bacon. I'm like, nope, that's not no. real. Like, what would Zornar know? If Zornar is making all this, I was actually looking for little things that maybe, oh, he wouldn't know this or he wouldn't know that. Yeah, Jason being there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows anymore? Because of how things, nothing's tight enough to actually rely on that. But it's it's nice. But they invited Duke Thomas. I don't know. I, well, my whole play it's would have been now. if Batman would have just went back to the manor and like, oh, home sweet home. All right, then I'd say no, this isn't real. The man, but he says, hey, I live in the brownstone. But this whole thing of him not having Wayne Manor, it's just sitting there for how long? So tired because of this. Because how long this has been sitting there? And they go and there's shit in the refrigerator. Don't eat that. That that shit's all bad. I I don't know who was stocking that fridge, but it's bad. The fridge is fully stocked. And it's ridiculous (laughs) to think this, but I have to think that the rest (laughs) of the Bat family brought these groceries in because of what they're doing. But it's fully, fully stocked. It even looks like there's leftovers in there. It looks like a jello mold's in there. Yeah, look at that. And like, I don't know what. Yeah, look at that. I'm looking. It looks like like some bread and some nonsense. And yeah, it looks fully stocked. Now. I'd love to think they have the Jetsons restocking fridge, but I, I doubt it. Also, well, they like to say that Rosie did it all. Come on, true Rosie. All and right, again, Pete. a fully stocked fridge. Even the all right, Pete. Even the idea too. For some reason, I need to go off on a Jetsons tangent. What is Rosie restocking? I have the refrigerator fully stocked of pills, sir. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And maybe nuts and bolts, because you know what? <laughs> Rosie was definitely screwed. And so you you end up going through this though, but I, like it. I was looking through a lot of it to see if I could okay, that doesn't feel right. And again, you you're pretty much on front street. Chip Sadarsky's saying, Hey, here's Batman. Yep. Bruce is having problems. He's trying yep. to get Zornar locked away. Zornar even taunts him. Well, you're not destroying me because that might destroy your mind, so you're just locking me away. Do you do that? maintain your sanity or are you doing it because you need me because batman and, and we're gonna play the same you're trope. weak yeah we're gonna play this is you know the joker would normally say that the bat family pulls him down but the here's zornar to say no it's bruce bruce is pulling you down and i mean here's the thing for what we had seen recently a lot of times bruce has been a real prick right and that didn't get the job done but now he is being a little the softer side of bruce and that's not getting the job done, so I don't know who's right or wrong. Zirinar is the pure essence of Batman, which is scary as hell. You need that Bruce Wayne and the rest of the Bat family to reel that back in. So I'm going to say that Zirinar is the bad guy here. Well, I would say that, yes, Zirinar is the bad guy. But, you know, Bruce is a little worried about all this going on. And even when Dick Grayson, if this is, that's the weird play. I'm assuming this is kind of really happening. And when yeah. Dick says, hey, we can get some mind readers and stuff like that, telepaths. Can't and do it. You, yeah, he says that there's no way. You're like you're going against what Zuran R was made to go against all of this. You can't have any of this doing because you'll destroy me as well as this. Yeah. So again, it's weird that they go to the manor, but it's kind of a nice moment. No, it's, it's definitely a nice moment until everybody catches on fire. Well, everybody's and on shots. fire, right? But it does also show you that you know Batman. It goes back to that trope or cliche of his as well. Am I setting these kids up for a bad life? And the, the answer is yes. But yes. He yes. ends up seeing this and sees the joy and whatnot of them, something that he hasn't had for quite some time or maybe never had. I mean, he's one of those guys that I talk about when I used to play hockey. See, because I'm Batman, Eric, and everything yeah, goes obviously. through me. But I told you this before, and you see Batman. even stuff with the – thanks a lot, Jerk. 
Yeah. You see things even with the podcast. It's not that I want to succeed. <laughs> I want others to fail. And I think that Batman realizes this fight will never end. So he just, if he wins the day, that's what he's supposed to do. So he doesn't really get pleasure at it. But the Bat family seems to be getting some pleasure. But he wants to get on board. Okay, what has happened since I was gone? I've only been gone a little bit, but what happened? Well, Sel- Selena broke out of prison and, and <laughs> freaking Aiden and Addison Cobblepot well, they've taken over their father's casino, the Iceberg Lounge, and now they've decided they're going to go and have little smaller things, offshoots of the Iceberg Lounge for people who don't want to be there called growlers, growlers, which is a little, I'm telling you, the idea that Chips and Darcy wants to go and have like, it's what sailors call small icebergs as they melt. The air that escapes sounds like a growl. I'm like, all right, I guess you're being clever here. I didn't need this, but it's such a weird idea that you have the Iceberg Lounge, the big hot spot for the penguin that everybody knows about, or the Iceberg Casino, if you prefer sometimes. But one of the growlers is set up in the Oregon Hotel, and I'm like, why is it the Oregon Hotel? Like, I feel like it should be something more cobblepot. Like, I know you're trying to like, you know, make it so people will come and do illegal gambling on the uh, down low without thinking that you're like a part of the penguin stuff. And is this part of the Oregon place? Is what I exactly. Because if it is, this thing's blowing up, right? And I don't mean it's popular. I mean, the shit's blowing up. We have that's all of this stuff here. in Detective Comics. <laughs> and that's why I let you say it. I'm going to have everybody yeah, do it. See, I waited. You had yeah. like a, a really odd pause. <laughs> no, no. That, that was for the laugh track. For Ooh, people to that, laugh at oh, home. Oh, the, the laugh track. Okay. I'm sure everybody is laughing at it. It's, it's, it's blowing up, Jim. my dreams. Uh, Eric. It's the Oregon Hotel. Like, is this a part of the properties that the Oregons were? Or like you said before, is it actually the Oregon place? Because... We don't know what the Oregon place actually is. It's one of our biggest problems Detective Comics. So is it just a hotel that everybody's out front and, like, you know, for a ticker tape parade for when it blows up? Every, everything that Comics? the Oregons do always Whoa, has a ticker tape hotel, parade. Everybody. Everybody's doing selfies. Later on in this podcast, we'll talk about why it seems that Lex Luthor has come into Gotham and changed things. Real estate that's war. not here or there. But I do like this idea, and this actually makes so much sense to me. First off, the idea that these people who don't want to be seen in yeah. the iceberg that makes sense but this other guy who's sitting there is like hey i told the mayor to clean up or else they won't get my money next year i'm like Nakano? that's why that's why he keeps getting elected he has pieces of shit like this that end up giving him a ton of money it's all it's a fix and i'll go with that why not have nakano in charge that guy does shit like it, it really made sense to me though i think mr worth would disagree eric but that's yeah. not here nor there either but when you end up having Batman come down to fight the Cobblepots, I like it because this is him coming and saying, okay, well, I ki-, he still thinks he killed Oswald. Well, that Oswald killed himself, made it look like Batman but killed him. But it looked him. like that, but he thinks he's dead. So when he comes yeah. in, this isn't just like, I'm going to take care of these schmucks. This is, I need I gotta to put come on back show. as Batman, show them what's what, and, you know, get everybody scared again. And when he comes down, he... He is a little bit taken by surprise by Aladdin, who ends up just walloping a bunch of times. I thought that was intriguing. We haven't seen anything with these it, two. It seems like in a Aiden long might time. be on the old Venom because he's stronger and faster than Batman. And so, like, there's something up with Aiden, but he just totally beats the crap out of Aiden until he breaks Aiden's hand just so he can pretty much walk away and, like, you know, lick his wounds. Um, Watch yourself, Penguin Twins. Um, I'm the Batman. <laughs> I like that. He's, he's like limping away. Oh, my God, watch yourselves, jerks. I, I was confused a bit when Aiden grabs onto a chair, it looks like, and then smashes it on Batman, and then I guess it was made of, of rock. It looked really odd there, but I do like that Batman is trying to be vicious, too, and Aiden really shocks and puts him in a bathtub like he's ODing on heroin and then no, ends no, up you no. know, doing this. But you also get 
you know, I don't know. It seemed a little sus. He's really into that sister of his, right? Oh, my. <laughs> but People care about their brothers and sisters, Jim. That is true. That is true. It reminds me a little of Spy Family, but you don't read that, so I can't really go into Yuri That's and That's right. You Yuri said that. There. I thought you were talking about Spy Kids. No, no, Spy. Like, I don't know that either. Or Spy X Family, somebody might call it, but I say Spy Family. But, yeah. That you sounds end up having weird. characters like that, a brother and sister, and the brother is a little sus like that, but. I, I agree with you, though, that you would protect your sister, but you end up where I start thinking, like, what is up with her, though? Maybe she's got something going on as well. But Batman ends up grabbing Aiden with his hand, with the robot hand, and crushes Crushing. him. And he ends up like, oh, my God, what did you do? Like, he's surprised that he had this grip. But that's what Batman had to end up using to get out of there. And I love that he's just covered in water. He's walking away, got the shit kicked out of him. He's like, consider this a warning. It didn't go as smooth as you thought, Batman. Bleeding. <laughs> uh, consider this a warning. Penguin twins. Oh, my God. So then he ends up going to the Bowery. Don't watch me leave. Out. <laughs> like, you don't see the man behind the, the cow here. I'm getting out of here. And then he ends up talking to uh, Barbara about the whole deal with this. And then Selena. also about Selena. And so he does end up going to see her at first i thought well why is harley and oh it's a disguise selena's disguise it's just the worst part of the book though because it just lets you know that the catwoman book was such nonsense with the idea of putting selena kyle into prison because not only did you have bruce wayne trying to say look i know you killed valmont but you did it for the right reasons i don't necessarily agree with it but i love you let me use my money and my resources to get you out of prison no I need to pay for what I did. And then you had the district attorney come in. Look, we know Punchline was involved. I can get you out of prison. No, I need to pay for what I did. <laughs> and then to like Batman's back, the hell are you doing? I could have got you out. I don't need no man's to break me out of prisons. I did this on my own. I'm like, she says prison wasn't for me. God damn there it. were so many God people. That easily, all you had, I mean, we never you had a, a trial. You let a lot of metahumans out of prison with you. A dangerous you, metahumans. You, you ended up having fights and people having crazy stuff go on. Just because it seemed like you were making a stand, almost, I mean, I will say, it was almost like Daredevil over Chip Starsky's Daredevil at Marvel. But and that you just decided, nah, you know, yeah. now that I can't get my street flavor ramen from my cat, I'm out. Bruce, and then you, you don't understand. Phase two happened, and I had to get out. What she says is, I needed to get, I'm a ghost now. N- no, you're not. She says, I did this to be a ghost. No, you have a lot of people that should be trying to find you. A ghost would be, go and get out because you're innocent. And then disappearing. Nobody will come after you. You well, that's are the thing at is, least enemy number one here. She is enemy number one. She is disappearing because she's not walking around with Selena Kyle. Now Catwoman, <laughs> Catwoman need to be out, b- out back on the street. So that's why she did it. And Iko, she wasn't cutting the mustard. No, well, I wish that she even went even more. But the whole play is I'm now, I'm a ghost. I'm like, really? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Batman. Batman's like, I'm spiritual. I'm afraid of ghosts. You end up where all of this going on, that doesn't make sense. And I see here, and this is what really has me worried about Gotham War, and I don't know if you agree, but Chip Zdarsky here is trying to make sense of something that Teeny Howard wrote that made no damn sense to begin with. And he's trying his best, and he's not really doing, but he is, but I don't need 
writers trying to make up for the other writer. Look, that's all DC has anymore. I know, but I, you know, with this, I hope that it isn't like we get a Teeny Howard Catwoman book in the Gotham War, and that's bullshit. And now the next issue is just Chip Zdarsky trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. It's, I it's hope so that funny they're combined together a little more than. When do we have the Gotham War happening? Is that it September? happens in September? It happens right okay. after the whole Dark Knight or uh, Night Tears with the K right. leads into that. So yeah. So that. the only thing I can suspect because I haven't looked ahead at anything about you know the Gotham War. I just know that it's happening sometime after the summertime. It, it is happening when we, there. When we have this going on here with Zuran R breaking free, essentially, or at least trying to break free, or the idea that he has been broken free. In the past, to create his own Zuranar Batcave and all of the failsafe stuff, like he is able to take control of Bruce when he wants to, it seems like, even though Bruce has put him behind a psychic cage for now. Is it the idea that it's everybody against the Zuranar Batman? Like, no, is that it's the Gotham actually War and not Bruce actually, Wayne? Oh, Gotham War. The thing is, Gotham War is just Batman versus Selena because Selena has a crime but which, empire. But which Batman? Well, <laughs> We'll have to see. Eric. Because I mean, from maybe where we are right now, leading into Night Terrors, maybe Night Terrors is going to finish up all our Zur and our stuff, which would feel really weird. When we go into the Gotham War, it seems like it'd be way more interesting if it was that badass Zur and our Batman that they had to tangle with. Well, here's the deal. Night Terrors isn't going to be the Batman books written by Joshua Williamson and Night Terrors, uh-huh. so Chip Zdarsky isn't doing it. So I would think it'd be odd for him to you know, wrap up something that's been Chip Zdarsky's whole story here, but who knows. But even so... When you come back, it seems that they're going to play the idea that Gotham with Selena Kyle taking over is there's no crime anymore. Crime is down because she's controlling the crime families and this pisses Batman off. This is not how I do it, Selena. And you're going to get that. It's nothing new or, you know, that big, but that's what it seems to be what's setting up with that. I just know how much that that Catwoman book has been so much nonsense in my play. When I talked about it, I did a video on it on on our YouTube channel, the idea where a lot of times you'll connect to a Batman book so that you elevate oh, you yeah. know, the book that's connecting with. One of the big things that we talked about was when Priest was doing Deathstroke and they wanted to get the numbers up. Deathstroke versus Batman. So when you do this, though, Teeny Howard's Catwoman is so bad that I'm worried that it's actually going to de-elevate the Batman book and people are going to say, you know, Call me when September ends or however long. It's supposed to last, uh, you know, quite some time, but we'll see how this goes. And this just shows me, though, that Chip Zdarsky is trying to make, but it doesn't make sense. Selena goes into jail because she didn't, but kind of, you know, she Valmont's killed Valmont. dead. Yeah. And so she's like, well, I'm still going to face the music for that. And I really wish that, and maybe, how about this is the play? Still doesn't make sense about her breaking out, but she knows, Eric, as you said, Valmont, his spirit is in the. So she didn't really kill him, but she needed him to be able to dis. I don't know. You got to understand, Batman. Valmont's not dead. His spirit transferred into my pussy cat. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my what? goodness, Eric. I got excited about that. But yeah, maybe it's her doing him a solid. Maybe she knows Valmont. I don't know. I, no. I don't know, but. It didn't make sense that she went into prison no, no, and no, really had a hard stance and then decided to just break out. The part of Selena Kyle, everybody's here for because you want to have that Batman-Catwoman relationship going on, especially now that Catwoman's out of prison. But talking about that nonsense story and then having Selena have the loose lips of telling Batman the Penguin's not dead, the secret that I love that I wish would have been kept, he's Paul Meredith over Metropolis. <laughs> I love that so much. But now Batman knows that I'm like, 
you're just breaking my heart all over the place here, Selena. You're doing all the wrong stuff. You're not making your jail time make sense. You're ratting on the penguin. I thought you were a cat, not a rat. Yeah, I love who Eric, you did it. I actually, it's funny because she says that she wanted to have, you know, Oswald deserves it. Oswald deserves to have a, a fresh start, Eric, as Does you he? often say. Uh, but still, she fresh start over. If she ends up saying to Batman that he's alive, it. he's definitely going to go and check that out. And then when you have this going on, you know, then Batman's like, well, I made this killer robot. I was in a parallel world. You betrayed me. I have a mixed feelings about it. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, man, we got a lot of secrets. They're yelling and screaming at each other. All this happening. And yeah, you end up where Selena is just like, well, that's your life, Bruce. Sign our sucker. And then jumps off the side of the building, maybe to her death. I'm not no, sure, Eric. No, but I'm you end sure. up then. The sensors are triggered at the manor, and off he goes, and that's where he ends up. And he ends up saying, yeah, I had that battle with Serenar. He has his little cave underneath, but what's going up there in the kitchen? Oh, shit, they're making bread. I wish you'd have a better look at his current Batmobile, because this looks new, but you haven't really seen anything really definitive with it. Yeah, really, it's just kind of there. So he ends up going, and it's nice. You get to see all the kids. You end up having Bela Ortega say that took a while doing this because knew that this would be kind of a cool thing for people and i oh, thought yeah. it was pretty cool i laughed when... together with Cass and duke and jason now and tell Damian. me tell me if you laugh at this one somebody actually ended up saying on twitter and they tweeted this out i love batman 136 that's fine right uh-huh. i loved it because of the great interaction between damien and batman i'm like he says father and <laughs> It made me giggle when it happened Yeah, oh, amazing But I did, again, it's weird Jason being here Because of what's going on in the Joker The man who stopped me caring about But But everything that led into that as well Everything we had in Urban Legend with the cheer drops Jason killing a man in front of his son And all this stuff And that was a Chip Zdarsky story, that one Everything that Jason has been doing, though Has been leading him down the path to be away From the Bat family Which is like exactly the opposite Because I want this, I want this Jason Except for that stupid white streak in his hair I want him to be a part of the Bat family Solid like he is here I just don't see it for everything we've seen lately of Jason Todd being this way. Jason's out and about. He doesn't want to be recognized as anybody but Jason Blood. Even in Task Force Z. Yeah, I know. I know. And and all that going on. But then you end up, because of this whole mind freak and things like that, all of a sudden you have Tim whose finger's on fire. I'm like, oh my, where was that finger? And then all of a sudden everybody is on fire and you have Bruce freaking out, but they're not reacting as if anything you know, of the mind. They're not all fire so Yeah, you know, like they're there. But they're pretty tough kids, right? Yeah, yeah I, I like seeing them there. Not really on fire, but still you end up where then you have a backup and this is Chip Zdarsky and Jorge Corona, as I said earlier, and this is just showing you early days Zurinar making fail safe. And the idea, maybe you should have made it a percentage. It, it, fail safe is there and if he's 90 for 95% sure that Batman's got, he'll react and go after. I'm like, why not make that a little higher? I think I gotta make that a little bit higher there. Man, but, I'm not 100% sure about anything in my life. Yeah, well, I, yeah, really. And again, you said that it was mentioned earlier that Failsafe is still out there, and you see this in the program. And I think that this is to show that the programming wasn't exactly perfect the way that it was going. And even if Zornar ended up, you know, tweaking things, whatnot. It's still thinking like a robot. That's where oh, I that's started th- thinking well, about all the stuff going on. 
I started going with that, especially we don't even know how Failsafe is going to react now that, you know, Bruce has compromised his programming with empathy from what we saw before he went to that parallel world that Failsafe sent him to. But I really dug this back up just from the idea that Batman created Zura and Arf to be this protection against like a mind attack like we saw in a Batman R.I.P. and stuff like that. But Batman created this, but he didn't know all this time that Zura and Arf were taking like, you know, like whatever Bruce would take, like a, a micro nap or something like that. He would take over. He would like take over the body of Bruce Wayne. Build his own back Almost like his own backhand. night terrors with a K, right? And I just love the idea that all this was going on under Bruce Wayne's nose. And even, you know, to the point where when Failsafe is being built, it's a constant thing where, you know, Zer and R will, like, spar with the Failsafe robot. And when, whenever he comes up with a way to defeat the robot, he adds that to the programming. So this went on forever. Bruce Wayne didn't know. That's how cutting Zer and R is. And it seems like it's going to be a gigantic threat when he finally does take over. And if the, the idea of almost what you had in, like, you know, Superman 3, the movie, where you had evil Superman versus good Clark Kent. You had that big, like, knockout slobber knocker in the junkyard. I can't wait to see that happen with Zer and R and Batman to see who is the actual Batman. Because I think that's an amazing sounding story, especially if you still have a failsafe robot in there. And what he's doing with failsafe reminded me a lot of if you bring Superman in, it reminds me of Doomsday, how they ended up Doomsday would go out, die. They'd reclone, boom, go out. And he kept learning like that to just be awful. But yeah, all this I thought was pretty cool. Now you say that failsafe is out. With his empathy, I think he's working like his Patch Adams at the children's hospitals and things you like that. He's, little clown nose, he's got realizes. a clown nose he's playing. Nobody realizes he's a killer robot that was taking over Gotham a couple weeks ago. So there you have oh, it. Oh, Dr. Safe. Oh, my. Okay, Dr. Safe. See, that's pretty good. I feel so safe with you, Dr. Safe. But it ends there and this. Call me fail. I actually. <laughs> call me. That would be good. I actually was kind of digging that maybe this could continue this back up and see a little more of it, but it looks like this uh, ends. I, I dig it. We're going to stop now and go to the Night Terror. So when we come back, it looks like we'll have a different type of backup and the Gotham one and stuff like that. So, I just don't know how we reconcile what happens in this issue to go directly. In, well, not directly because you can sell, like, it's going to play from Night Terrors into Gotham War. I just don't know how you go from this. There's something completely different and then something completely different. Like, there there has to be a through line. You got to unpack or pack that stuff away, Eric, and go into Fail it. Failsafe and Zurinar need to be main players in everything that's going forward in Batman, because right now I'm so into the ideas that Chip Zdowski is throwing down for the Bat-God and his robot hand. In this, it's it possibly that it's in Batman's dreams and nightmares. You end up hooking up with Deadman. You get the, you know, Wesley Dodd Sandman, stuff like that. Maybe when you're in that deal... It's able to lock away Zernar, and you can kind of play. I, I don't know how they'll that, do it if they even that mention That is so it. lackluster. Isn't the idea of stopping all this shit for Night Terrors lackluster anyway? You're putting the yes, whole of course so it is. much. It's but nonsense. I need to know that it's going to come back after a bullshit summer break that DC's <laughs> having with Night but Terrors. it's your event, Eric. It's not my event. It's your <laughs> event. Bullshit or not, it's the only event, so it's your look, event. Look. I'm telling you, the idea that you sparked with the Genesis machine, cloning a body and putting the Zuran R mind into its own Batman to fight against Batman, that's an amazing story. Why aren't we doing that for like six, seven months? Well, we'll see. We'll see, Eric, but watch yourself. The Batman if, war. Watch yourself, Eric. If you end up talking bad about Night Terrors with a K, DC may uh, take the review copies away again. Oh, no. <laughs> They'll take away what we don't have. Oh, my goodness. And they told me in an email, Eric, that they're sorry. That we're not reviewing comics anymore. Oh my goodness gracious. With that, Eric, 
What would you give this issue? Ultimately, I like this issue a lot. Besides you, Selena Kyle stuff, too. even reintroducing Addison and Aiden uh, Cobblepot, I think was interesting. Even if the growler, like the low key iceberg lash up, didn't really settle. It was with trying me. to be clever. Is I know what that's, that was. that's what it was. But I like the reintroduction of them for what we had previously before Batman got zapped away by a failsafe robot. This is Selena Kyle stuff. It's trying to polish a turd in the Catwoman book. It's not working here like it didn't work over there. <laughs> Rada got the Penguin really upset me because I love Paul Meredith over there at Metropolis selling flowers. But everything else, it just really got me intrigued to keep on going with Batman, even though going forward it not, might not be exactly what I want from this issue. But I'm giving it a 7.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm giving it an 8. I'm giving it an 8. And again, I'm just upset that we have to go to Night Terrors with a K. I, I just don't understand. You can have your Night Terrors bullshit. Keep the other stuff going. I know that that might end up making it so people wouldn't read Night Tears. We already have a ton of books. You want to add to it? I'm saying, though, we could just, well, me and you would be screwed. But still, the idea give people, and there are some books that continue through, but these big ones, don't think that you're going to force people into something that never works. So if you're that worried about this event that you have to shut down shit, and it must not be that great in the first place. And I worry, but we'll see how it is. But I really want more of this right here, right now, which I'll say about a lot of books as we go through this month of June before we get to the spookiest months, July and August. Eric, Obviously. but we're going to move on. What are we going with now? Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number four, written by Tom Taylor with art by Derek Robertson. Norm Ratman, Jordi Belair, and Wes Abbott. And we continue John's trek to the Injustice universe. Where he's trying to find out if evil daddy can be redeemed and this world can be saved, John Kent style. And what you get a century for this number four issue out of six is another <laughs> Every walking time tour. You do, it sounds like somebody's like slicing you, Eric. You, you're having problems. What? I'm, it's another walking tour of the Injustice universe, which may be fine for somebody who. I'm telling you, this is the exact same thing that I said last issue of John Kent. Well, why not? That's this exactly is fine. what it is. For someone who doesn't know anything about Injustice, but if you even have an inkling through the game or like the first, you know, year of the Injustice series, all of this is common knowledge and just John finding out is just, all right, let's do some recaps for us readers at home. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if I'm talking to people about this or while I'm talking to people about this, because you know that I really do like Injustice. Yeah. So in my mind, we never needed this, but here it is. So I'm going to get into it. And. You know, I'm reading it and I'm, I have this weird tug of war because I'm sitting, well, it's not really bad, but there's nothing to it. And and in this, because last issue, oh my God, Superman might be sus. Well, we all know that. Everybody should know that. And in this one, it's, let's oh go my see God. Batman. Lex Luthor's a good guy and working with Batman? The hell you say? I mean, and the way that, that Tom Taylor is forcing these issues in here where John comes in fists are blazing and ends up Lex Luthor I'm gonna beat the shit out of you and then when they all beat the shit out of him he's like why you guys got powers and, and then also says like man why don't you listen to me before no 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 you came in with your big <laughs> cock energy asshole you uh, you deserve this and then it's like oh my god because Batgirl's here they, no please it, do something more with this if you're gonna do it the moment where it's, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg fly off with Sinestro to go check in on some other out of like, you know, outside of Earth problem that they're dealing with in the Injustice universe. And Superboy, uh, let's say Superboy, I don't even know why he said that, but John Kent sees Lex Luthor going off to do something. Like, I'm going to follow that guy. I don't trust Lex Luthor because, you know, Superman. And when he finds that, you know, he's working with Batman, the rest of the, uh, the, um, 
the uh, the what the hell are they called? The revolutionaries. But when you have when you have this going on, and John Kent, like you said, comes up with that big dick energy, it's like this. Do you think you could honestly stop me? And they all rush him. He's like, whoa, whoa, what are you guys doing? Because he's not used to people that's actually coming out of So weird, though. And I think it's more the insurgency, the revolutionaries, where they, the deal in his the suicide squad. The insurgent, the insurgents is right, but for some reason, I couldn't get the regime out of my mind. I'm, I know it's the Superman, ba- like, you know, faction, but I'm like, what is the other one? For some reason, I was going to, I don't even know what I was going to say. Now, when he's, he's, Revolutionaries. I love the idea that he's, John's there. Now, John, again, he spent some time in a volcano. He said he might not be the, you know, the brightest bulb in the whole pack here, but he's there. Oh my goodness. You're working with Sinestro. But is Sinestro to bad guys? And they're like, no, well, you know, it's a little gray area there. But there's Lex, who he's like already tried. Like, you know that this world is different. So you have to figure this out. When he ends up going into the underground base with Batman and it has Catwoman, Harley, you have back. Like, the idea that he does come in with this big cock energy just because Lex went there. Well, you know that Superman is already sus. And then you go here think there's sus. Because you have Lex saying kind of a cool little deal. Hey, there must have been a plan from Ultraman. Now, this seems so specific because all the other Supermen that Ultraman seemed to be going, he just, you know, going roughshod through. I don't know that he had a, a big plan overall, except for I'm just going to go and kill people. But it's he so seems funny, to have though, this because, plan here. Well, Cal, uh, like, uh, you know, Cal Ill, the Ultraman, just had a big old heart on for all the, like, Superman, the Cal Ells across the multiverse for how many times they beat him. So he's going to go and kill Cal Ells, specifically Cal Ells. Remember, Velasad and Red Tornado are off in the Phantom Zone still waiting to get let out. But when you had the situation going on where I said originally, like, the, the device that Ultraman has makes it so he makes it, uh, like, Kal El is less powerful. Like, we're never going to hear of this device again, I said. It's going to be thrown away, especially when Ultraman died. Like, we're never going to find out. At least get it here a little bit more than I thought we would because when, when Lex is talking about Ultraman came here to kill Clark, which means he came with a strategy to do a strategy to do so. I believe I found it in his suit. Ultraman symbol holds the power to hurt Superman. I believe it can emit something that targets Clark at a cellular level. It reaches his power. This could be the answer to take on, you know, Superman of the Injustice universe. But when, when the dead body of Ultraman is just propped up there and like Lex peel, peels off the symbol of Ultraman, well, he looks like the, the He-Man action figure faker, the evil robot of He-Man with this set robotic parts of his chest. I'm like, I just wanted this to be a weird, like, you know, Earth 3 Amazo bot that is not actually Ultraman, but that a robot. Ultraman. That would be actually a better Because I need Ultraman to be alive. Ultraman would still be alive then. But the multiverse fixes itself, we've been told, Stop Eric. It. But that's where, again, John comes in here, and he doesn't commit. Like, again, you, you have Tom Taylor pushing so much that, oh, that Batman, what an asshole. No, he's not. He may be Kinda. a miserable prick. But he's not an asshole, and the idea that you would in a world where you see that Superman, and you know this, you're not your dad, but Superman is sus, and Batman's hiding away, probably in what is all lead blind, and John would have seen this, he has to come in thinking that Batman might be on the up and up, especially as later he says, well, if Batgirl... Well, at first he's just like, oh, I'm going to get all of you. And then he's just upset because he gets the shit kicked out of him. To the point where his electric powers surface. Batman is trying to kill him. And that felt weird, too. You're really pushing this stuff in a weird direction for me, being an Injustice fan, to really show, in my mind, by the end, that this Injustice world, it 
doesn't matter who's good or bad. This world needs to burn itself. And it does. But you end up where the electric powers then trigger and they kind of knock people away. And then he's like, oh, my God. He looks at his hands like he's Jason Bourne. Then he picks it up and he doesn't go after Batgirl because my Batgirl is pretty good. Now, again, John, you're on a different world. you got to get this out of your head. You were taunted and, and captured by a evil doppelganger of your own dad before. Don't go with the idea that this Batgirl is good just because your Batgirl is good. It happens to be the case, and this is kind of a divergent deal. But still, if that's the case, why did she? It comes in so crazy. And then it just, you realize, like you said, it doesn't really matter by the end because it's just a scene to get the electric hours. Tea time. So we're all going to calm down and talk about our differences. But I. We'll tell you there is a standout point here for John Kent, everything he knows about his best friend Damian Wayne and Batman in general, and how he feels about the people that he loves in his life, where when Superman of this world lost his family because of what Joker did to him, the idea is like, and I bet you his his best friend Bruce Wayne was there to support and comfort him during this time, or even the idea when Damian accidentally killed Nightwing, and like, I'm sure you were there for him, didn't yeah, that push was him good. away or anything. Like, all of this calling Batman on his bullshit, I love the John well, Kent issue. Well, and that's that first year stuff, and even yeah. the second year stuff that when I talk to people about Injustice, where they just use, if they haven't read it or they read a little or played the game, it's like, I hate evil Superman. There are the points, and that's what really was good about, especially that first year, is there are many times where Superman, oh my God, he's going to give up. He He's not going to, but then Batman's oh, a dick. That or Wonder Woman comes and starts whispering in his ear. And that's what happens. It's all these people, not just Superman. So that is true, and what John's doing there. Pretty much every reader that's like, come on, Batman, all you have to do is be hug Damien once and he won't go to that other side. So with this, though, I think one best opportunity. And if I was doing it, Eric, you know me, I I would have had it where John. Yeah, really. Or I just got Zilla into crazy stuff. But wouldn't it have been cool if you end up having Superman and Batman? They are going against each other. John pulls back. And Alfred from behind grabs his hand because Alfred's powered too. He took one of the pills and beat the uh-huh. crap out of Superman. I would have loved to have seen that where Alfred's the one that stops John and John turns around and is like, holy shit, Alfred, like you're struck. And he's like, everybody needs to calm down. I thought that that would have been a cool play just to, if only to show that Alfred's powered as well. I thought that would have been pretty neat. But we don't need Alfred to be powerful here because the power well, of love is, was enough. But I'm saying he is. I just would have liked that entrance with Alfred that he stops the fighting like that and says, hey, everybody's got to calm down. But then John just like, I'm out of here. Look, <laughs> we have a weird world that I'm on right now. My dad's apparently evil. You guys are doing, I need to do me some more investigating before I choose a side. I'm going to go talk to Damien, which does not end great because Damien's all like, Hey, I don't like anything about you. Get away from me, you freak boy from another world. And also, I'm going to slip a little tracker on you for when you do more of your investigating. And go talk to your parallel dimension boyfriend, Jay Nakamura, of this world to figure out what this world is really like. Because in your world, Jay's all about the truth. So hopefully this one is all about it, too. I just From everything I see here, though, Jay's pretty much the same, except for our world has better hair for Jay Nakamura. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And, and the idea, he's still hanging in Gamora, right, doing his deal. And yeah, he ends up saying to John, hey, your dad, you know, or Superman, he, he's not good here. And yeah. Batman's trying to help people. I mean, again, though, it's a nice moment if you like Jay and, and not everybody does. But if you do, that's a nice moment. But it doesn't really do it. It's yet another person saying. Hey, by the way, this Superman, you know, I'm up and up and then things are bad. Do you know about the Injustice universe? <laughs> so 
it is a weird play, especially in something that's only six issues and we have four done already. I we know. are still introducing and giving recap and a setup to the Injustice universe instead of actually telling John the story. John Kent versus Ultraman. By the end, you really <laughs> haven't gone very far with anything. Yeah, and we wanted what we wanted in this was John Kent Ultraman deal so we can get a little bit of a closure. Close the book yeah. on all that nonsense and see that maybe John wasn't so nope, great. Just injustice. Nope, injustice. And even then it's like it, he's ping ponging around. And I, I don't know what this here's the thing too. I sat there and I've read all of Injustice. I actually on our Patreon if you're interested. I don't know I, if I ever finished all of it. I do an Injustice reading club, and I'm into year two, things like that. So when I'm doing this, I'm also like, where are we in this? Like, you end up mentioning the idea that Green Arrow is dead, but that's pretty early in the year one. Well, then we Black Canary's dead. Dinah's dead, so that's a little later. But I'm like, is she dead or is she away and assumed dead at this point in time? And I'm trying to figure out the timeline myself when I was reading this, because I think I got as far as uh, Ground Zero, and I'm like, I don't need to go back for this one. And the timeline's a little vague here, and I will say, don't love this Damien. Damien seems to be here to just be the asshole to do this, and I just it didn't feel right just because of what's going on. But when he puts the tracker on, I'm like, eh, John might have been able to hear or do that, but he's kind of a dummy, so off he goes there. And he's got like Damien's not you, even Damien's not he, even trying to be any sort of, you know. Sly he has his. he has super everything, but he can't feel a tracker yeah, on him or even or a, hear it an ultrasonic. Right? Exactly. Something along the lines that a Superman power, I think, would be able to pick up on this. The funny play is Damien Smart, and this kind of plays into it and whatnot is what's going on. But I just thought that Damien himself was a little bit over the top here. And it might be kind of like a weird sly swerve as we go. But again, I don't know. And, and really, by the end. I don't know that Tom Taylor's going to say, okay, well, John just fixed the Injustice universe because it really does like burn everything down wherever yeah. this goes. So I think that at the end, you're going to again get that concept of, well, some things you can't change. Like people are people and we're going to go off. So I, I worry that what we're getting now is just, hey, everybody, Injustice Earth. And do we need that? Is that no, something that. And not for multiple issues. No. And so one of the things that we were talking about, this actually continues through Night Terrors with a K. So we'll actually be able to get these as we go on through the summer because John's not on Earth. He's on the Injustice Earth. So he wouldn't be involved. I think that's right. the play of what they're thinking. So that's kind of a cool deal. We'll get this while we're doing Night Terrors with a K, Eric. But I hope it does something by the was, end. Was, of these next was Damien Wayne in this costume in the previous issue? Because I feel like, like I'm, I'm trying to remember. They called him Robin. I'm pretty sure, but I thought he was in more of a Robin costume. Here, it's more like of an evolved Nightwing costume because he would eventually become Nightwing. And that's in what series. he should kind of be. Yeah. in. but yeah, but again, I just don't remember this costume being in the last issue for whatever reason. It's kind of that weird. Like I said, it's kind of like hyper time version of an Elseworlds hyper time story. It really feels like. This is an alt version of an alt story because I don't know where this timeline really lies there. Though I do look, and at one point, Harley looks like she's just walking around with her panties on. Kind of sexy. Yeah, well, she had a very revealing outfit. (laughs) Yeah, she did. She really did. Uh, But also one of the best characters in Injustice. Tom Taylor did a really good job with her. And you get a little bit of that here, but there's not enough time. Really. No. She's like, oh, when people give me a body, it's okay. It's more jokey, Harley, with that. But it's just, again, my last thing, though, is once John 
comes in, wants to fight everybody in, in the underground base. Then all of a sudden, he's just really willing to just sit back and listen to Lex. Lex is like, listen here, old Johnny boy, this is what we're doing. Uh, but Look, we'll Baldy, see. I'm going to go investigate myself, find out stuff. I'm gonna, I, I have a boyfriend in my world. I'm going to go find him here. He's going to give me the 411. And hopefully, my best friend Damian Wayne doesn't put a tracker on me. So after I leave my parallel dimension boyfriend, he doesn't go and attack my parallel dimension boyfriend while I... And I'm telling you, it's Superman still. If we get to the next issue and anything happens to Jay Nakamura or Damien uses him as bait, anything. If John doesn't hear with his super hearing because he's Superman, anything wrong going on because he just flew away, there's something wrong here. I know. And here's the funny play, too. I know that you kind of have to do it, but it was almost like what happened in that Blue Beetle miniseries. You keep having Superman. You stay here. I'm not allowed to tell you to really stay, but I want you to stay here. There's no reason. We got a lot of vending machines, a lot of food here, video games. Don't leave. And then he keeps leaving anyway, so don't bother even setting that Shucks. up. Shucks. I, uh, I don't have the proper money for this world, old dad Oh mine. Can you spare me a few bucks for the vending machine? And then I think it's just going to lead to a outraged Superman almost killing his not son, but the whole play. I realize, what have I become? What have I become? That's all I think. And then it'll be one of those. I'm telling you, this is my guess. Be better, Superman. I will. And then John will leave. And then, you know, he goes right back. Wonder Woman's right there. Don't be better. Right. This. I think okay. I will be better. And we go right back to what it is. You so know you can what, end up, Diana? Diana, Diana, you're right. Yeah, I think there'll be like an ambiguous type ending like that of I hope it worked. And well, there you I go. Is, I need to be this ending where John goes away. Like this is a hidden like part of a year within all the like year of injustice that we had for the storylines where this ends and we have some big climactic moment that lets you know exactly where it is in the timeline where the next phase starts in the, in the comic. So it's like, okay, this was here. You didn't really read about it before, but it was here and it doesn't affect anything. Let's move on with injustice. What I need, and I, I think people would love this actually, by the end, John leaves the injustice world. He goes home. Oh shit, now he's 63. Eric, he's aged up again. Now All he's right. an old man, right? Everybody no. would love that. <laughs> Honestly, it's like one of those Jimmy Olsen adventures where we just have to deal with that now where something keeps <laughs> yeah. happening to John. But then John leaves, okay? And the next thing we know, Telos shows up, puts the Injustice in Metropolis in a bubble and takes him over to the planet Telos to battle it out. And they're like, no! And then after that, Tempest Fugenot shows up, says, this is, bu-, but then he dies. Eric. It all yeah, works yeah, he's out. not That'd there. be great. I love that. I- See, that's the thing. That's why we know that the multiverse heals itself. The Injustice world was completely burned to the ground because they didn't want to. Well, look, Jim, the, the multiverse, they say the multiverse heals itself. But we also know that, if, let's say it doesn't bullshit heal itself because that's nonsense. But we do know the multiverse was remade. So that makes it OK. That is true. Well, you know what can't be remade or healed, Eric? A broken My heart. Love? That's what I've heard. And I always have a broken heart, Eric. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I would give us a 5.5 out of 10, because even though I think the art looks great and I look forward to this I book the art each and every great. month, it's just it's like I said at the beginning, it's a walking tour of injustice like we had last issue and nothing really happens here. It's just John Kent showing you he's a good John Kent in a new situation, but all the situations are very just on the nose things that you can see and point out like it's nothing that really forces John to have to act differently than he normally would for a good reason. It's just regular John talking to Batman like he normally would because of what Damien's done, what happened to Dick Grayson in the injustice world. It's just not a lot of surprises. Jay Nakamura's here, okay, parallel Jay Nakamura, but they sit on a couch and bullshit about stuff you already know until Damien comes at the end and like attacks uh, Jay Nakamura. Which saying, is interesting, but... It is, but it's an entire issue. 
of nothing for the most part. Now, I'm giving it the benefit of that with a 5.5 because I still like the series. I just need to be less injustice and more John Kent trying to fight Ultraman or getting his friends Valzad and Red Tornado out of the Phantom Zone. Yeah, they're, they're, they're forgotten. That's <laughs> what they are. Now, all in all, I think that maybe this could have played out better or been interesting if we didn't have the injustice beforehand and we're just learning about it. You know, through John, we find out, oh, my God, this Superman, he is sus, all that. But we most people know at least the basics of injustice. And to just this walking tour of it is what I say a lot of times when Tom Taylor does his politics. It's very surface level, even if you don't know about the injustice, because it's repeated. I mean, if you didn't know anything about injustice, you keep being told, okay, Superman, he ain't on the up and up. Oh, what's oh, Superman, he ain't on the up. Oh, Superman's not on. You're just repeating. Does he think that people reading this are just so dense like me that they're not getting it, but we see it and, you know, I can only think that we'll end up, as I said, an ambiguous deal on five out of ten, just a straight up five, but we'll end the section with what, Eric? Shazam! Number two, written by Mark Wade with art by Dan Mora, Alejandro Sanchez, and Troy Petiri. And if you remember the fin- the finale, the finale, the cliffhanger to the previous issue of Shazam, Shazam saved the day, but for some reason something took over his mind. Started calling all the people that he just saved pieces of crap and how much he hates them. Then he realizes, oh my god, what am I doing? And also in that, it looks like the gods and champions who give Shazam his power, or now called the captain, they're looking to get their power back and not and saying that maybe a boy isn't the best person to be the champion, the mightiest mortal. But in this issue, it's like, all right. We uh we know that's Billy Batson. He di- he doesn't know what happened. What came over him with him saying all of these terrible things? The rest of the family saw it on the news. They want to know, Billy, why did you do this? I don't know. But all that information about like what could we surmise from like what's going on with the powers of Shazam that Billy Batson would do this? It's all interrupted because a bureaucratic space dinosaur shows up and says, "Hey." In the previous issue, you done helped the dinosaur space family with their spaceship, but you use magic with their technology and on our planet. That's a big no-no. So I need you to fill out about a million pieces of paperwork. And for some reason, Mark Wade, which I enjoy Mark Wade writing a lot, but for some reason, he thinks that space Tyrannosaurus Rexes are funny and bureaucracy is funny. You're, you're not having fun with this? Eric? This is you're some not, bullshit. You're not having fun with this. Something that we even had somebody tweet to us that the minute they heard dinosaurs were in this issue, they went out and bought it. You're not having fun with this issue, Eric, because of the dinosaurs. Is that no, what you're no, telling no, no. me? I, I, it's, a, it's the beginning of why I'm not having fun with this whole thing, because why do we need more of the space Tyrannosaurus Rexes showing up for Billy to fill out paperwork? She doesn't fill out. Mary has to fill this out. I, I just don't get the joke at this point in time. Like, yeah, you're going to jump in. It's a new series. Shazam number one. Billy's going to help out some, you know, inter- extraterrestrial Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Isn't that goofy and fun? All right, send them on the way. You don't repeat the joke. You move on to something else that's fun. What I realize, you're the fun miser, is what you are, Eric. He's Mr. Fun Miser. He's Mr. Frown. He's Mr. Bellyacre. He's Mr. Everything's Down. They call him Fun Miser. He's always against fun that doesn't make sense. He's the best. See, I compliment you by the end, Eric. I just had that said. I knew that you'd have problems. I know it. Don't patronize me. (laughs) At first it was, he's so dense. But then I thought, no, I like when you get like this because it makes me giggle and actually makes me look like a good guy. Before we get to Space Dinosaur, though, I actually really like Darla. I like that Darla's just thinking on her feet. 
to just make everything about them getting their powers back. I think that may be too much power there, Billy. He's like, no, 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 it's not that. And he's mad. Also, the idea of him saying this, I do like that Mark Wade is giving a shout out to all Philadelphians like me and you. The idea that Billy goes, no, those were my words. <laughs> like, I ended up, this wasn't me being manipulated. I was a real asshole, but that was all me. And I do like as we go forward seeing that we kind of said it and we made a little fun, but the idea that Freddie, he has more at stake of getting the powers than just, hey, I want to be part of the Shazam yeah. and things like that. This is his thing. And he really wants that. And I thought that that was really, really cool. But in this, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And I do agree. And this is what I talked about. I say it all the time. But when Shazam was announced to be Mark Wade and Dan Moore, everybody was, you know, they were excited. So it was uh, I think yeah, Dan Moore's too. art's great, though he might want to make Psycho Pirate less Iron Man, more Psycho Pirate. But we get all that. I think it looks fine. The Medusa mask is badass. No, it's it's the idea of the the eyes don't work for me. Usually, you have okay. those big round eyes. Oh, you like it where it you can like see? That. Well, not only that, but like the eyes where you can see the actual eyes underneath. Yeah. So when he's surprised, you see that's yeah. how I like it. It's very Iron me. Man though. Looking at this, still pretty badass. It's still bad. It actually is badass, and we'll get to that. And the idea that I've been talking to you about, man, I really want a badass psycho pirate, and then oh my, here he is. But in this though, this whole play. I was worried because when you end up having Mark Wade writing this, I want something that's going to have a little more substance than World's Finest. I talk about this all the time. World's Finest, great, but it doesn't have the substance. It doesn't feel like it's that important because it's kind of a continuity kind of skew. Story, yeah. It's there for fun and whatnot. And I thought maybe, the, and we might get to it because this whole play of the gods, that's a pretty cool deal of dark things, something you have wanted for a while. But when we do end up having dinosaurs in the second issue, you could have waited at least three or four issues and have them come with this at a little bit of a, a cool down deal. But to have this right away, it just seemed silly. And you're not really going to deal with it. No. It's just there to be a joke. And it's, it is pretty much. This is what we get for having a talking tiger. Yeah. And, and so you have that. And I'm like, all right, well, there's the paperwork. Oh, my God. And then Billy just walks away. And he goes with Freddy downtown. And this whole thing about trying to get the powers back and share them with the family, what I'm saying, it's pretty cool. And when they do end up going downtown, the art museum, all of a sudden everybody's running and screaming. And you do end up having that bad ass, I, I mean, psycho pirate. And <laughs> he's causing everybody to lose their minds. And Freddy, being a smart kid, says, I think this might have been the deal. Maybe that whole you yeah. yelling and screaming. Somebody maybe was manipulating your emotions. Yeah. And while Billy already said it was all him, maybe this is because he wouldn't know otherwise. So he but thinks, again, I, okay. I just imagine out of nowhere, psycho pirate, like, you know, I heard the Mona Lisa was on tour. And it's at the Philadelphia Art Museum right now. I'm just going to head all on over to Philly because this is what I want. And at the exact same moment where Shazam has something happened to him where his emotions are out of control. So it's just one of those things that's so on the nose. Like, why couldn't it be like the bug-eyed man? Like, hey, why is he here? Doesn't matter. Let's take him out. Because, like, I have a, a specific problem. This guy who just happens to be in Philadelphia, who's usually not in Philadelphia, he happens to be here, too. Is he the answer? No. Shucks. I'm like, it's just, it's so, look, I can, I'm fine with Psycho Pirate doing stuff because he looks badass and he can have fun here. Especially with the idea where he throws his power at Billy and says, you are uh, terribly afraid, like the courage of Achilles. I'm like, yeah, you use your power to overcome the psycho pirate. Like, that's a really cool way to use your power. You never see the captain do that. And I like seeing it here. 
But just the idea of how it's so on the nose for how it's working out, but it has nothing to do with what that actually happened to Billy Bass is a little disappointing. Yeah, it is a little disappointing. But one of the things that I get, and I'm assuming this is the art museum, the Philadelphia Art Museum. Somebody yeah. has to tell them more. There's a little more stairs there. This is rocky shit here, and it looks like there's five stairs. I can even run up that. I imagine that we're just like on one of the platforms to lead up to the next bit of stairs. One of the other deal there, but yeah. it does look like there's like eight steps, and then I could I could accomplish that. I'm rocky now, but you end up having all I don't this. Know. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm like, how many stairs left? Seven. Oh, Man, shit. Rocky had a hard. I am not Rocky. I'm having a rocky hard time here. But you end up where? All right, Psycho Pirate wants to get the Mona Lisa because that expression—that's the ultimate emotion. He doesn't. Hey, I want to get it. It just leads to Billy turning into Shazam, the captain, and going in to stop him and stopping him at all costs with this. And in that, well, no, some of these people are a little over the top of yelling at Shazam, yelling at the guy, then actually saying, all right, there's some bad shit going on here. Thank God you're here. It's all about the cost. And I'm talking the, the dollars and cents here of everything that Billy seems to be doing, including yeah, a bit of a space dinosaurs, though. It's it just, why is that the main focus of all this? It's just going to make Billy, by the end, say, I don't want to be Shazam anymore anyway. I'm just not going to say the word because everybody hates me. But well, it's one this of those is things that we on, have, like in the, uh, the new Shazam movie, Theory of the Gods, where everybody is kind of against the Shazam family when they come to save the day because they kind of, like, you know, Half the time get things right, but a lot of destructions there. So, like, I forget what the hell they called them in that, but they had a name for them to let them know that, like, yeah, they're kind of like, you know, the Sussumly. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> end up where Psycho Pirate runs and he has the Mona Lisa. He's running away from Billy, you know, Shazam the captain. And when he gets onto a train, he's like, hey, everybody, you hate this guy. See the man in red? You, I'm like, you're in red too, Psycho Pirate. Watch out who you're talking to. But he says you hate him with every fiber oh, of no. being. The theatrical audience. Yes. And now all of a sudden he, you know, he can't punch people through this, but he does get mad. And the big play here is he almost kills Psycho Pirate. He has to save Psycho Pirate from himself. Well, how cool is that speed of Mercury that we have here? Where he actually shoots a bolt of lightning out of his hand, but then he realizes, like, his senses come to him at the last second where he then rushes in front of the lightning to take his own blast because, oh my God, I almost killed somebody. I am not myself. Exactly. And I like the way that it plays out, though. I think some people might have been confused because you do have that page turn and then he's there doing it. But I thought it was well done. And he ends up, you know, telling Psycho Pirate, you made me do this. But the thing is, he ended up stopping the train almost like a Superman type deal. And the mask flew off of Psycho Pirate. So he says, I'm not doing anything now. My mask, it's over there. This is all on you. And that's where Billy realizes, oh, no. It is. I can never say the word again. Yeah. And so you end up where <laughs> the police show up and like, all right, well, we got the psycho pirate. Thanks a lot. But you really caused a lot of shit down. And you're going to have to pay for this. What are you going to fix the train? You got the money. And he's like, ah, fuck you. It's such a <laughs> weird idea, though, that we have with these stories because we have this, you know, it's, it's, it's six issue many, right? The Shazam, right? Yeah, I believe it is. Okay, for some reason, I always get it mixed up in my head, whether it's eight or 12, because they always do those weird numbers. So, like, I say always, but sometimes do that. I want to say that there's six issues. So, it's such a weird idea when you have these come out, like, like we had Steel this week as well. And, like, mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to get some Steelworks books. And, like, the first, the first issue is like, I ain't going to be Steel no more. I'm like, well, that's not what I want. Second issue is Shazam, the six issue many of the character that I love so much. I can never be Shazam again. I'm like, you don't start something out with Spider-Man no more. You get to a point of that. Now, again, you can say that we are because of how old the character is, but at least give me a moment 
of satisfaction where the character comes in with a story and you can show how great the character is before knocking the character down. Ultimately, it's for him to say, you know, what, everything's good by the end because I want to see the good parts first. Yeah, and I think that we talked about it last time and said this. Blue Beetle graduation day. I actually think this might be an ongoing. I, I think it might not be just a six issue mini. I think it might be ongoing. So we'll have That'd to be see. weird. Because I'm telling you, I'm all about it. It's just that I assume all the time that it's going to be a six issue mini because like Shazam always has a problem like selling. I know. And then last time I went to look and I'm like, is this? But it, it, I'm looking at previews world, which usually it will have the. Oh, no, no, well, no, this is different. This is Tim Shed. Now I'm at Tim Sheridan's yeah. that crazy deal. But no, the, the, this seems to be a pretty much an ongoing. We'll have to see. Good. We'll see how it goes. So that'll be pretty cool. And if it's not, people can let me know. But with all that, by the end, you do get two epilogues. And the first one's the interesting one. And this is where we're going with this whole story. The idea where Freddie is in. The Rock of Attorney sneaking around. There's got to be something magical here to give me powers. And he does think to himself, yeah, everybody, they're upset, but they're not really like me. Like, this is how I, they could still run around and play and whatnot. Yeah. And I want to end up, you know, being in this Shazamly deal. And he ends up overhearing some things and he looks, oh my God, it's the gods. Now, the idea of them being mad about having a kid use the power seems to have changed a little bit as if they're having their own contest. To see who then will take over But it's kind of a weird play here And it does look like Zeus is back I guess, you know, the gods always come back And that's how we have to <sighs> go with it and that, is, that is very disappointing that you have this Because we just got done Revenge of the Gods Where, like, you know, Hera killed Zeus And did all of this where Zeus was dead It always leads me to the question Like, how does Billy still have powers? The person who bar- like, borrows the powers from Is dead and gone Especially from what we had before I think we talked about it in the first issue of Shazam where when we had Shazam being infected by the Batman who left, that King Shazam was going around and killing the people that gave him his power. So, like, we should have a lot of these people taken off the board. If not, they, like, maybe they were reborn during the multiverse thing. But Zeus, at least, at this point in time, should be dead and gone. Or it'd be funny where you do have Achilles, like, really? You know, Atlas, you think you're going to win this? And he's like, I'm going to win it. Look, Zeus is a damn baby. And you see Mercury's holding... Gaga. It'd be pretty funny, but Baby he's Zeke. just there. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, but in this, it seems, you know, there's this contest going on. And then when the dust settles, the boy champion will be all mine, is what Atlas is saying. Yes. And he looks badass with his arm crossed. So I'm going with sure it. Does. Eric, though I think that Zeus will do something finagling by the end. I he's mean, got some stamina, that Atlas. Yeah, he does. Uh, but, you know, Achilles is talking shit. They're all, and we see that. Don't you mean Achilles? I do believe it's pronounced Achilles. <laughs> and you have Solomon and Hercules, which is funny, were the ones in the shadows last issue. We find out that they're just the schmucks that already lost. So, you know, they're man, they can do all they want. But you end up Freddy. Oh, my God, this is crazy. I got it warmed. Oh, no. Here we go. And it looks like Mercury kind of zips right there and says, hey, what the fuck are you doing, asshole? <laughs> oh, shit. And uh, you end nothing. up even... I, I like what Mercury does say, like, okay, this is unfortunate. He's not like, I'm going to kill you or anything. But maybe this can lead to the idea, maybe, well, I don't know. It's it's a weird play. Like, maybe Mercury will feel bad for Freddy and he'll just get the the speed of Mercury. I don't know. I don't know how this will all play out. But it seems like when they end up where they're going to go and fight it out and whoever wins gets to claim 
Billy. And, but Billy, in the meantime, he's like, I fuck this. I'm done. It's such a weird idea that the champions, that the gods and champions are battling out for the, like, the idea to take on the mightiest mortal, you know, the captain here. But, like, what happens to the powers? They're like, uh, do that. We just get our powers back. Like, you're not take like, the winner doesn't take on all the powers then because the idea is it has to go to a mortal champion. Yeah, and it's a weird play. Like, if and if it's unwillingly given, the idea that Atlas is going to go against, you know, the captain who has the power of Atlas, but everything else as well, is, is we'll have to see how it plays out. And then we get a second epilogue, and this is just Mary. Mary's sleepy. She's like, is there a name for something when you're exhausted but not sleepy? I think that might be insomnia, who is the villain coming up, but that's what I would say, Mary. And then she falls asleep. Oh, no, night terrors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. I love the idea. Some people were real impressed with this. Like, oh man, it's really great. I'm like, really, it's one thing. It's one page where she falls asleep. That's it. So, we'll see. I'm telling but, you, she's like, she's exhausted from doing dinosaur paperwork. It's going to play a video <laughs> game and passes out immediately. I'm like, all right, Mary, you did it. You night did terrors. It. Dinosaur paperwork, right? The night terrors with a K. You're in. All right, Eric, you, you love it. You love the fun. But yeah, we'll go on with. And again, I, I, I love the fun, but where was the fun here? Like, wh- <laughs> where do you think that the fun exists in this issue? I actually like the whole concept of everything else, the dinosaur stuff. If people like that, fine. But that was nothing. It get, and no. really, by the end, really, all it was was to get Mary all tired and fall asleep. Paperwork's a bitch. The dinosaur bureaucrat. Is what leads this book into night terror. So he's fuck the real the villain. dinosaur bureaucrat. That's what I'm saying. That is the real villain. Oh, wait, that's of me. All of this, but you are. But what would you give this? Thing? It's a weird thing because I love the art of Dan Moore. I love yeah, everything I that too. like we're doing to reestablish Captain Marvel as a real hero in the DC universe, and not just somebody that people play with occasionally and get wrong constantly. We are doing a new status quo for Billy Batson, and I appreciate all the work and effort that's going into this. And even the idea where we have the background story of Billy, his powers are acting, not even his powers acting wonky. He's acting wonky personally and how he's like, you know, lashing out at people trying to do like, you know, almost like he is still King Shazam for being infected by the Batman who lasts for how he's acting towards people, almost killing Psycho Pirate. I love the parts with Psycho Pirate and him battling out, even the show with how Captain Marvel overcomes Psycho Pirate with the uh, the um, with the courage of, Achille- of Achilles. Of Achilles, I think yeah. that's uh, that's really cool. But just having a character that affects emotions right here in Philadelphia just throws me off because it's so like a such a forced idea. But it's still really cool to me. But that's really what I enjoy in this book. Yeah, getting the stuff with Freddy at the Rock of Eternity and seeing the gods and champions all kind of huddling around trying to do more of whatever their evil plot's going to be. That's fine too. It's still very short lived. So I'm going to give the second issue of Shazam, again, one of my favorite characters, and I can't wait for the next issue of this, even if it happens to be a Night Terrors thing. But I'm giving it a 6 out of 10 because I wasn't all of that impressed ultimately with what we got for the like the through story. Like I just felt let down at every turn besides for the big battle with Psycho Pirate and Captain Marvel. Yeah, I ended up you know, saying some things with the art, but I do love the art. It's really, it's great. The art is great in this, and I'm a little more positive. The idea of the dinosaurs, it's there. It I'm going to go 6.5. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going 7.5, so I'm actually a, a point ahead, but it's more for the idea. Now, it would have been hilarious if not only did, you know, Psycho Pirates say, listen, uh, I didn't make you try to kill me, my mascot, but it also fell off before all the off of Philadelphians attacked Shazam. And yeah. then he's like, that was just on them. I mean, Philadelphia's an awful place. It would have made me laugh so much. But I do like, I thought it was forced with the idea of like, let's 
keep track of all the shit that's, you know, the captain's messing up and things like that with the Mowgli's and stuff that. But I do like. I kind of like the idea where he is affecting all of these things. Like he wants to be one of the greatest heroes along the lines of a Superman. But people aren't accepting him because he keeps destroying shit, especially because he's taking things the he's doing things the wrong way because he's not in control of his own emotions. Well, the thing is, they're yelling because what he got shot at with tons of guns. That that's what happened there. He didn't really do that much. He was getting shot at. Philadelphia doesn't have a relief fund well, like Gotham. I'm or saying the idea of the idea that you're sitting there and people are bitching and moaning, and we just got out of a dark crisis where shit was just burning down everywhere. It's kind of silly. It doesn't really fit overall, but I get the concept. I think it's just a little bit overplayed, but it's, you know, it's what it is. But I do, once he almost kills, like, now that means something. That actually, you know, hits like that. And him being able to stop himself there with the speed of Mercury was so really, cool. really good. I really like the stuff with, you know, Freddy trying to figure out why he would do that. And I'm telling you, I love when Darla's just anything that pops up, she's going to say, well, maybe it's because you have all the power. And he's like, Listen, I told you, Darla. But when he ends up saying, hey, there's Darla, she'll talk to a coffee table. that had. I'm like, oh, now you're dissing her. It I don't is, like no, that. It's just so but. funny, though, because you have the Shazam way going on here. And like you have the main three that have always been the staple with Freddie, Mary, and Billy. But the newer New 52 like characters that came in, Darla, you can always do stuff with because she's adorable. And you, yeah, she can just like, say anything and you'll just... Instantly love the character. There is never anything for Eugene or Pedro Eugene to do. Eugene gets nothing. Pedro, again, they give, Mark Wade even goes to just the surface level. Pedro's probably asking for workout tips. I'm like, well, I don't know. Why I, would he ask? Look at those T-Rex arms. That's what I'm thinking of. Just think of the T-Rex trying to do, like, bench press. You're like, come on. Oh, that's all he's got, those little arms. But kind of a funny deal. Do you like the monocle and the top hat? Usually that always tickles I, my fancy. I do not. It's space dinosaur bureaucrat with a monocle and a top hat. Yeah, and the, the whole And what appears to be a magic briefcase. And the big deal is magic and science. We can't have those doing it but together. So there you go. But with that, I am still a little more positive uh, than you, but actually a way lower than a lot of people that I saw. People are getting a kick out of space dinosaur bureaucrat. But Why? with that, we are <laughs> because it's just funny. You don't see it much here. Uh, but with There's that, reasons. we're going to go on and we're going to go off to some mail right about now. And this is the mail, Eric. I hit the thing to unmute my mic, and it didn't work at first. Hey, everybody. It this works is fine. the mail. And if you want to get involved in the mail section, just like Eric Shea, Craig, and Gray, you can end up emailing us at weirdsciencedc at gmail.com. And we're going to start with Craig, who says, just dear Jim. Aww. Oh, my, Craig. He's playing the game right, is what I What's think. What's up, Craig? I'm, I'm not sure if we've ever had Eric's opinion on Karg. I'm saying he's the most metal of all He-Man's foes. But what does Eric say? What do you think? Uh, that's the full mail? That's that, the... Well, that's what he's asking here. He oh, wait, this is okay. Your opinion well, of Karg. Well, Karg's such a weird thing because I'm sure, like me, you, in 1987, couldn't wait to see the Master of the Universe movie when it came out. And so... Karg was one of the characters they created for that movie, like Sawrod and Blade. And out of all those three, it's funny because Karg didn't get an action figure made from that movie. Blade and Sawrod, they got action figures to go along with the rest of your He-Man toys, but not Karg, who scared the hell out of me as a kid. Such a weird idea. Like, what's your opinion of Karg? I'm like, 
he's a creepy looking made up monster for the movie and there's nothing really and i'm sure they've done more with him over the years and like you know different medium comics and even like new action figures but from what i had from growing up like as a kid just watching him on the big screen he was a scary monster man that worked the skeleton i didn't have an action figure of him, which really upset me because i wanted action figures of everything yeah now the idea of him being the most metal i mean that really goes against my mind thinking that would be ram man but that's just me Ram Man wasn't in that movie, no. The whole general deal and his outfit. His good There's eye something like. real metal about oh, Ram Man. the though. Ram Man. Oh he almost feels like a boomer trying to get in a mosh pit. Like, what are you boys up to? Yeah, but then when they're like, man, you're not metal. And they're like, well, he does have that plate armor at points. So he's a bit metal, but a different way. But with all that, he just wants to know what you thought of Cargan. He found out. But then he goes, I was just reading in this week's Podcaster Magazine. Uh, they call that pod, I, I was going to say potty, but that's the awards for podcast, as we have said before. Uh, podcast Magazine, I guess it is. And in yeah. their rumors page, which I always go to, Obviously. it's so good. They're saying it is possible Eric could propose live on episode 500. Jim, have you heard anything about this? I have heard the rumors. It's weird. They have in that rumor deal. The thing that it, is, you're thinking about it all wrong, though. I might propose we end the podcast at 500. Well, that's what I'm going with. And, and <laughs> seriously, you've already done that a hundred times. So I'm saying bets are pretty good that that might happen. So we'll see. You'll have to tune in to the live episode 500 to see what exactly Eric does propose, because I think that's the little swerve they're doing at that rumor section. Always trying to get you. We weren't technically wrong. You just thought about it differently. Oh, you rumors. I mean, it was a proposal. <laughs> Those rumors, they, they always do that. Do you like the, the rap slash kind of singing song rumors from back in the day? Did you like I, that? I, I can't recall it off the top of my head. You don't remember that? It was like, everybody talking rumors. It was bad. I actually listened to it last night. I was going through a bunch of things like UTFO and Cameo, watched a bunch of videos from uh, New Edition. I was having some fun rocking out, right? Yeah. He says, keep up the work. (laughs) We will. Uh, Yours, Craig. Yeah, really. Keep it up until that episode. You keep it up, Craig. See what happens. Oh, Craig. Yeah, well, maybe Craig (laughs) is going to keep it up. I don't know. But Gray is next. Gray ends up saying, dear Jim and Eric, I have a confession. Some years ago, I stumbled on your podcast. All I can remember about it is some crazy guy singing his head off. Dancing Mike. When I thought I said that probably would have been at that point dancing. (laughs) And I thought I was getting a comic book review showing all I was getting is a singing like the poor misguided fool I am. I switched off and took solace in a much lesser quality podcast. Eric, oh my. Years later, I rediscovered you via the accursed review site, Comic Book Roundup. That like, sucks site. these days, but you don't. Or do we, Eric? I don't know. It depends on Not who you ask. Gray. I you guess, the gray. Right? gray loves it. Do you see them soon? So they think we're sus. You guys make my drive to work a thing of pure, unadulterated joy. And he's driving to Japan. He's from Japan, Eric. That's because I listen <laughs> to you muted. Uh, so you're not really listening to anything. They realize this was a bit section. <laughs> Gray is working material. I love Take you my both. podcast, please. <laughs> please. I mean, really. And that's what we'll be saying. <laughs> I love you both. And I'm working on visas to get you here, over here, so which is works? Japan. And working in my seriously sus karaoke snack bar, which Eric would call a gig. <laughs> Why wouldn't For I? For minimum wage, of course. I'll go with that, right? 
You'll be there and then you'll drop your glasses, you'll step on them, and it'll all come back to you. I'll take oh my, my hair goodness. out of my ponytail, really let it flow. If me and you were going to work at the car and do karaoke, uh, what would me and you do together? Would would we do your nonsense? What Summer was that 11. one that you ended up doing that crazy cabbage patch dance to and ended up stepping on your glasses? The, oh, the, not, I wasn't doing a cabbage patch. It was the a running routine man, that maybe? we always do. No, it was roses. Oh, roses. What the fuck yeah. is that? I thought oh you were doing God. like kitten play or something. You know, and doing that move where you grab your one leg and jump through it. <laughs> the thing that I well, would end up is, in trash. Exactly. And then, the thing is, I would do that, but I would fall on the goddamn ground. There's hilarious. nothing recovering from that. I think people would actually pay to see us at them. <laughs> I'd be so great. I do want to do the dance where we kick our feet together at the end, though, as we're backing up. We put our foot out and it touches each other. And we'll do that, but we're definitely doing the Millie Vanilli jump chest bounce but i'm gonna have to really get a trampoline or something to get up there i'm but, telling you though with with this hair though i just need to, i need to oil myself up get like a fake oh. saxophone i can still do i still believe oh we the do Lost that Boys. no no this is my solo bit you're not there can we do millie vanilla blame it on the rain can me and you do that yes Maybe. yes we we'll can do that. but summer loving would be i'm gonna lip sync just like them I, i'm guessing that You'll have me do the Sandy part of the Summer Lovins, is that, or do you want to have that part? Honestly, I kind of want to have the Sandy part because I think it's funny you being the man because it's ridiculous to think oh, of that. Oh my goodness gracious! I just want to see you sing, and then we'll dance <laughs> it up, and maybe get a bunch of other people to do the other parts there. Well, that'd be pretty fun. That'd be fun times, Eric. I was working on something before we were talking about like different things that we can do. On the Patreon, and I was working still on trying to get a karaoke thing that we might be able to do. Of course, that's just going to lead to me singing a bunch of songs and, you know, with my nonsense. But I did kind of work that out. We used to have a movie night. I'd like to do that as well. But here he continues. I don't have a proper question. I just want to know what Eric really thinks about Grant Morrison's comics. Which comics? Because some suck, some are okay. Yeah, I, I'm actually appreciating more. And, and if people didn't know, I end up doing a show with Gray from Wakasashi's Tea House on YouTube. And we end up talking about Morrison books uh, every week. And we have gone through The Invisibles. We just ended up finishing the first trade of Doom Patrol. And oh, nice. I uh, I liked it. I, and it actually made I me appreciate liked it. I liked it. And I helped. I ended up, well, I say that. I drown Gray out. I, I can't stop talking, Eric. I'm a chatterbox. I am. But, I know, man. I've been on the podcast. Um, exactly. But with all that, I actually am appreciating Dennis Culver's Doom Patrol, even though I think that the Grant Morrison stuff is obviously better. But I am kind of appreciating it a little bit more, a little teeny bit more, Eric. So okay. I do appreciate it. A that. teeny and little bit more. Me and Gray are going to go back to the second trade of The Invisibles. You would not like that. That okay. is a wacky ass shit. Just let me know when you finally get the JLA and do all of the JLA. Well, me and you already did some of that when we had the well, shutdown. We did, like, the first arc, yeah. we did the first trade. So if we ever did it, I well, I guess we'd go back and do it again because Gray. But yeah, I'll, I'll end up, I will put a link to the Wakazashi's Tea House deal for his YouTube, Gray's YouTube, in the show notes so that you can go and check me out over there. Check me out, my friend. Oh my! I'll be I'll be all over the place this week. I have all I'm a hot commodity. Oh, yeah, what you. happened? <laughs> yeah, hot I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be on Nerdy Girls uh, manga show on her YouTube deal on Tuesday. You're gonna see me there, right? Oh, your names on Tuesday. that channel. And so we'll have that. And I, I 
I'm telling you, I'm worried because she knows way more than I do, and I'm just going to sound like an idiot, but then I'm used to that too. And then I'll be doing all sorts of other things all over the all over the place. Don't know what those places are, but I'm going to be doing them. I'm a hot commodity. I am. And so Gray says, best wishes, Gray in Japan, a.k.a. Wakazashi's tea house. And that is the mail. Just remember what we learned here. I'm a hot commodity, Eric. And I hell. Hot potato. We're gonna end there. Hot potato, hot potato. You're doing the wiggles now with me? You know, we're going to go off now. I we don't. have three more books to end we're the Australian, podcast. right? Yes, they are. But we're going to go off. We have three more books. Some sus, maybe all sus, I don't know. We'll see what's going on, but we'll be back with those in just a moment. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks a tear is tear. Well, that's just every shape. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all bad crap. Well, that's just Eric Shea. That is Eric Shea, and he's always getting those damn Transformers. He cannot stop getting them. That's you, Eric. I bought, like, one Transformer in, like, a year. Exactly. That's too much. You're an adult. Grow <laughs> up, you son of a bitch. But here we are. We have three grow. books to end. You just grow. <laughs> I'm going to grow a fist. Yeah? You're going to grow a fist there? Grow an IQ. And I'm going to plant it right in your face. Asshole. There you go. See, I made it work, Eric. I think. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta get a step stool first. Land it in there. Yeah, I'll get a step stool, all right? Or else I'll just take you out at the knees and then you'll be below, kick you right in the face. Boom. <laughs> that a big butter boom. But here we are. We have three books to end this whole deal. We're gonna Bro. start with a book that, boy, we, we haven't had this one in a while. Everything it pops up. I, I'm like, whoa, what happened with this one? Penultimate issue, though, Dark Knights of Steel, number 11, written by Tom Taylor with art by Yasmin Putri, Ari Priano, and Wes Abbott. Away we go, Eric. And boy, at the beginning, I was like, where were we? Because yeah, it's it was while. kind of, uh, you know, okay, you got to get your, your bearings. And I don't know, maybe Tom Taylor, I'm not saying things aren't right here, but maybe he's like, well, you know, I don't really care what happened before because we got to end this shit. So let's force some things that seem to be really cool and might have been what would drive this whole series like Say the idea the, of bruce wayne being the half-brother of you know superman clark kent yeah but when we ended up if you remember back in or the not day clark kent of this world obviously back in the day we ended up talking about this and i ended up saying i don't think that tom taylor's going to go down that route that they're going to fight i bet you they're just going to love it but we never got really anything from it until this issue where they hugged they, they hug, hug, Eric. There they, they that's go. That's the thing is, you know, you know, I'm your brother. You're my brother. I've always thought of you as my brother. But what about Alfred? Is he still like a father to you? You know he's still like a father to me. But what about those damn Martians? Well, we had a thing, a piece of kryptonite that fell down. That's our weakness. You and I can both be affected by us. But how could they possibly ever do anything with that meteorite of kryptonite without fire? You know, their weakness? We need to see the user laser vision to go and freaking, you know, tear open this meter and make a kryptonite sword for the final battle. I'm sitting there. I'm like, really? Like, it's it's kryptonite. It's a rock, number one. This isn't a metal. I don't think you have to melt it. You could just chip it and make a fucking spear like they do anyway. I mean, really, what fire do you need to make a fucking stone arrowhead? Uh I, I do say that it is a sword, but it essentially is a spear where they just take, a, I, I don't even know, a piece of somebody's shirt and wrap up it, and, and now we have a handle. I can just, <laughs> I can just imagine the idea. Well, they're not, 
a shard. They're not going to be able to fashion anything out of that meteorite without fire. They've never heard of like a, you know, a chipping away. You don't say well, chipping so away at the stone. And the Aerosmith does not have that song. Chip in this away. Universe. They don't have it there. I'm sitting there thinking, are you that dumb? Are you really that dumb? And then it's just to get to the next thing of, oh, no, we didn't see that coming. Well, it's, it's so it's so funny, though, the idea like, OK, you have these white Martians definitely afraid of fire. It's their one true weakness. And I just think to myself, well, it's so over the top with everything that we do because you're like, now they're not like, you know, just weak to fire. These motherfuckers won't be coming to 50 freaking miles of a fire for how we're setting things up. But this is their weakness. You know who else is weakness in this? Us goddamn Every humans who use fire all the time. Thing, right? I mean, this is the thing that always comes into play here. Oh my God, they put on gloves. What are we going to do now? <laughs> People end up doing things differently. They end up where Sometimes it's just a like a psychosomatic. Oh my god, they get triggered PTSD oh, yeah. from you know all the things that happened in it's the Martians back in the day. It's psychological. It ends up, but then, but when you go and say it's a weakness, like you can't even cook with oh my that oven. Oh shit, get out of here! It's my I'll weakness. Eat raw foods. Seriously, like the idea that they they have Martians here. I'm seeing them zipping around and flying, but yet a fire moat. That's going to stop them. They're not going to have to swim through that right, damn guys, fire. Make sure if you walk down this hallway, you carry a torch with you because, you know, Martians. <laughs> it's pretty dark down there. I was going to do that anyway. And and then the idea, like, I, I love the idea where they're like, what will we do? Oh, don't worry. The meteorite, they don't, they can't use fire because they're so scared of it. So all they need to do is throw this big giant ass meteorite on the mall. <laughs> just get them near it. You could just actually put it in a wagon or, or you know use their super strength yeah or like i said maybe use a hammer and a chisel or just put on gloves and use fire yeah or use fire like you would normally when you're like you know cooking i'm i'm telling you i don't want to get fucking burned but i'm you kind of and well maybe <laughs> that's why i've seen you see you. something that's red hot burning metal and you're like i gotta touch that i'm like what the hell is wrong with this guy because i'm a real man i'm not like these assholes no, no. these white no, martians they can go things. stick it i'm the white martian eric i'm there so the idea that you're really hinging on this where the whole players everybody just light shit on fire we need the fire we have moats not with water but with, here's the thing. They'd also probably drown. So, I, you know what I mean? Like, no, really? Uh, fire. Like, they can't just fly. They can fly. So they can go to the wherever and then just come straight down on top of everyone. There, you're done. But nope, they're not going to get near us because they're afraid of it. No, it's not. It's not a weakness like that. But some people play that up. Look, obviously, we got to do something. Because when we have old Alfred, who happens to be Jean Jean's in the dungeon, before, like, you know, tied up with the lasso of truth, we have Protex, the white Martian leader, come down to talk about how abysmal it is that this guy decided to go and work with the humans, be a human, because we're so much above them. So obviously, we need to go and do something with fire, make the walls out of fire, make everything out of fire, because these damn white Martians just keep getting into our houses with their Green Lantern rings, which I really wish we'd understand how this Green Lantern ring got to this Protex. I don't get it. But you end up where, oh my God, look. Get them, and you end up having Bruce, and you have to set it up before. And it, a lot of this is also set up because it's been a dog's age since we've even had this book of like, hey, I'm just like you. Your dad was my dad. I'm Bruce Wayne. I got the powers. You got the heat vision too. Certainly sure do. do. <laughs> it's only because he's then going to use it 
when Protex is there in the cell. Can't fly that good yet. No, and they say we're going to toss you off. I mean, that's the type of person that Cal is here. Stop telling people you're going to toss them off. You end up, he's going to toss them off. So you end up where Bruce is yelling, use fire. It, it hits Protex, and I love the idea where Protex, he's on fire, but it's just because yeah. he's afraid of that, and that's a weakness. No, no, it's because he's organic. And he's singed pretty damn bad and here. And shit catches on fire. I mean, again, this would be me, you, everybody. Yeah, if you are superpowered, say, you know, an L, that maybe that doesn't affect you, but there's a whole lot of people whose weakness is fire. And so you end up with all that, and oh my God, we save Alfred, great. And then they just yell, and they pretty much give the announcement, light everything on fire. Make giant bonfires here, make the moat, carry a torch, do all this. <laughs> As you see, all the preparations of the Kingdom of El, and pretty much everybody just working together through the Kingdom of like the Amazons, the uh, Kingdom of Storms, and the Kingdom of Elves. They're all working together now for their common threat, but we just got to grab a bunch of shit and burn it, because that's what our game plan is now. Burn everything. And then you got Bruce talking, you know, Green Martian Alfred. Is, is there enough flame uh-huh. to keep them at bay? The whites are cowards. They will not face this. I'm like, well, you better keep burning shit because this is going to burn out pretty fast. And Poison Ivy, who's in charge of the forest area, is like, you can have all the dead wood. You touch any of my living trees, your ass is grassing on the lawnmower. Yeah, really. Also, like, they should just say, hey, it's fire. Walk with me. This issue. But when you're going through this, again, we're going to have Confusing? Those, we're going to have, yes, very. You're going to have those things like a Tom Taylor issue does. And if you like it, I'm sure you'll like this. The idea, hey, you know, I didn't know. That, you know, I was your brother, but Bruce, you've always been my brother, and that usually gets me. This is, you know, Man of Steel and yeah. Pa Kent. I am your father, but it's not getting me here because I've seen it too many times in the Tom Taylor book. We had the shit well, not with only the that, seas. We the keep way it's it. done, it's so lackluster that you want to have the feels for it. And I don't feel like, besides for a single hug, there's not really any emotion, any of the drama that felt like it was being built up to. And even when you had the reveal previously where Alfred is, you know, the Martian Manhunter, when when Bruce finally confronts him about, you know, is this enough fire guy? And also, I still consider you like a father to me. That we get for three pages, but it's nothing like the idea like you would think because it's still the Alfred of this world. Yes, it's also Martian Manhunter, but you know that Bruce Wayne loves Alfred Pennyworth in any kind of world, even if he's a green Martian. But it's just, I don't ever feel like anything. And this is only like, you know, revealed from last issue. Like the stuff with Bruce Wayne being a half Kryptonian, all the drama involved with that. Like I said, it comes down to two pages and a hug. Never feel the gravitas of the situation for what the series started out feeling like it was this this really cool, different like story that you know I wasn't getting anywhere else at DC Comics that could do anything it wanted. And when it start, decided, oh my God, Jor-El banged Martha Wayne, and we had a son who's half Kryptonian. He's Bruce Wayne. He doesn't know. We can't tell the the the, uh, the young boy that he's a bastard son of a Kryptonian. But when he finally does find out, and he thinks that uh, like you know Superman is trying to kill him because it's a white Martian in disguise. All this stuff was building up to all of this great gravitas and drama, and it never went anywhere. But it's like, oh, wait, the White Martians, they're bad, they're imposters, and you and I were brothers, hug it out, done. And the White Martians and the reveal of Alfred, the problem I have with the reveal of Alfred is when he ends up being, oh, my God, it's it's John Johns. John Johns is a good guy, too, what we yeah. would normally think. So in this, you never really got except they're like, oh, my God, a Martian, take him down. But Bruce would have never have thought. Oh, my God, this is bullshit. I thought you were this or that. He's still, whether John John's Alfred, it's still the guy who raised him and he looked at him as a father. There was never that point where you thought any different. So when you get this and it's extended, it's nice enough. I don't know why you had to even throw in. I mean, you really are trying to lay it heavy with, 
Well, I can't be lying to you because I have the less of like, well, so well, the truth. Why would you be lying? There's no reason for oh, us to Bruce think the you were liar. any. Thank God you were holding on to that rope or I would have doubted it. Yeah, I'd love it if you dropped the rope and he's like, and by the way, I'm really pissed at you. Oh, that's just him being tough. It's weird. It's kind of it's silly. Just, it's, it's a lot of things that have been built up that we got to, and even this, I'm telling you, this happened last issue, but it's been built up for the idea of impersonations, people being played against each other. But we never thought that this was sus in any sort of way, even when and it was honestly, revealed, I think right? it all should have been green Martians instead of white Martians just to go with the green man prophecy. But the green man, I guess, is just protects with the green lantern ring. But it never feels like right because even when you have the idea, it's like, all right, we've been being played against each other by these lousy white Martians. The man I consider the father figure to me, he's actually a green Martian. I'm cool with it. But this perspective where things aren't always what they seem. Well, now I have a new perspective on life because all those metahumans and magic users that I've had locked up in a dungeon for months to years. I'm just going to let their asses out. Let bygones be bygones. And because this is, you know, an alt universe, you, you have Bruce. the seal, you can do things. But again, this is that like surface level deal where, okay, hey, everybody, we were wrong. We're going to let you out. And, you know, some of them are like, eh, I don't know if I like that. You kind of seem like bullshit. And then you get to play with Zaz. It's like, I went out or a calendar man, actually. I yeah. went out. No, no, you're you're sus. Oh, damn it. But then you end up, you know, having Ollie. It's and- weird, though, with Oliver Queen, though, because I thought we had in a Dark Knights of Steel annual issue or a special issue where him and Dinah had broken out. Yeah, but I guess they're back there. <laughs> Here's the thing. Even with that, though, it is just the woe is me. We were wrong. Sorry. We're going to give you some money. Everybody, we're all working together. But we're going against the bad guys now. So let's go. And, and okay. You tortured me. Shut up. We're working together now. Stop holding grudges. Vendetta much? Why are you holding a grudge? Come on, let's go. Stop holding a grudge. Start holding a bow and a sword. Let's get your ass out there. Somebody get this guy a sandwich so he'd stop bellyaching. Also, what what I'm thinking through all this, I'm like, all right, if you're really going to play this, you got any fire-based villains in here? Get those guys. Or heroes even. Let's get them out and going. But no. And then you just end up having... The idea that, you know, Laura wants to go forward and, hey, we're going to let everybody, we're all joining together. Everybody's camping out. We're going to go. Do you think that's wise? You know, and like the Meta Waller's bitching and moaning the entire time. I don't think we should do this. We're mortal enemies. Yes, but we have a bigger enemy. Well, look, you are the queen, but I do not advise that we all work together because, you know, mortal enemies and such, only to find out that Miranda Waller this entire time has been working with the White Martians and possibly just overthrow the elves because she's tired of being run by stinking aliens yeah i guess and and she goes off oh whatever your weird. will is Give i'll be off work yeah. with other aliens <laughs> and again the missed opportunity for me here was we thought she was going to have a suicide squad this would have been cool she kind of did but well, she, she, she bitches and moans here about how she buried a lot of people i get it but she storms off while then you end up having you know laura reveal hey let's go see the ship that we ended up coming here in and oh my god look at this crystal it's got plans it's going to make a crystal rock version of the phantom zone projector so we know how we'll get rid of the i i just thank god the the kryptonians who showed up here on this earth you know with these plans that they had to make a phantom zone projector with this crystal technology I just thank God they weren't weak to fire so they could make this whole thing by molting down this metal (laughs) they can actually use a furnace and some molten stuff that is good, Eric. Thank God they're so much better than the White Martians because they're afraid of it. So you end up and hey, here, I just like the idea. It's like, we could do this. We use the fam. Like, you are really just throwing stuff at us here. 
I just want to know, though, how you fashion a technological marvel of a Phantom Zone projector in this backwater freaking medieval planet. Well, you get a forge, Eric, and you blow on it at one point, right? I mean, how are you going to get me out no, of I'm this just like, we outfit, have made a mold. <laughs> I'm saying, though, we have, we have molded down some metal to make a mold for, to like, you know, the basic build of a Phantom Zone projector. Where are we getting all the components to actually send somebody's asses there. They're a little more savvy than you making those wooden glasses back in the day. Remember that shit where you're making uh, yeah, the wooden frame stuff? Yeah. It didn't work very Sometimes well. Sometimes you make some stuff. Well, I was afraid of fire. They're making, thank God. Thank God you weren't afraid of that belt sander that you ruined. I ain't weak to belt sanders. <laughs> you were pretty good with that. And then whenever you, why is there wood fragments? Because mm. I was making a three- I was making a three-foot vampire stake in case yeah, shit gets bad. Yeah, that's true. We, we, were, we were prepared for a vampire takeover. <laughs> I do think Royer threw that away, too. I'm very disappointed because it's nowhere to be found. All of this going down, they have a Phantom Zone projector there, which it's pretty much looks like it's got a bunch of, like, Leather strapping. Yeah, honestly, and it looks rock. as good as my wooden glasses frames. What it looks like is some asshole like Martin from the same bringing a geode into school. Here, the, the well, geodes my are wonderful cool. geode. That's all it is. And then you go off and see that. Well, without fire, it looks like you know the whole the whole white Martians were able to chisel out a bunch of fucking spears. So there yeah, you go. Good. And then Amanda yeah, Waller. Spears for everybody. Really, the one good thing about this, though, it is kind of forced by the end, but it's kind of cool, is the idea that Amanda Waller shows up. And you think that she's there to kind of stop the nonsense, but we find out, no, she's in the nonsense. But the White Martians at this point are like, eh, fuck this. We don't need you. Because we find out she's a double agent that Amanda well, Waller is working with It's actually kind of cool where you expect Amanda Waller to be sus because obviously in any kind of world, I think Amanda Waller is going to be sus, but. The one cool thing about this situation where she does approach the White Martians who she, like, you know, was working with and what, and wants to continue work with, she has a protection spell. If you get inside her personal bubble, your ass gets lit on fire. And that's just something that's going to keep her protected this entire time, at least from White Martians. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Cause one of these assholes grabs a hold and just sets up fire. So, uh, stop burning my man. Can't he broke my bubble? Yeah. And that shows that she's thinking ahead. She got that spell yeah, on her, from, you know, from whatever. But yeah, she's doing her deal. But again, by the end, here's what we get. Cal, a pretty good guy. He accepts yeah. Bruce as his brother because, you know, they're bros. You know, Superman. Okay. We end up where Bruce, he loves Alfred. It doesn't matter what type of thing he is. And he he, he, loves he was him. wrong about all those metas yeah. and magic Then he was wrong because... about the metas, right? Yeah. You get that because he's a good guy. And at the end, we find out that Amanda Waller sucks and likes to do things underhanded. Oh, yeah, my she goodness does. gracious. I can't believe it. White Martians are afraid of fire? Yeah, and they're afraid of the fire. Say? Holy shit. I, I don't know what's going on. But you can play that. You usually have this. But when you hinge everything on, just everybody acting how they would, it kind of loses what you had at the beginning, at least. You thought that you were going to have this bit of a... You, you thought it was going to be a Game of Thrones shit. You thought Jon yeah. Snow crap and all this stuff going on with Bruce. But yet, nope. We're just going to end with everybody gets along kumbaya together we'll give you money later because we are kind of sus and let's go and fight even the idea March. of constantine bringing back you know the young prince who was killed he originally wanted to bring back jefferson pierce the king but he didn't do that he brought back his young son 
that idea of bringing him back and what it does for the story, like it does nothing anymore. We have Harley, Lois Lane, and Constantine who are the, you know, not, I'm trying to think of that, the mentors, but the people who whisper in their leader's ears and give them the advice. They're the advisors. That's advisors. the word I'm looking for. That's what they're they are. all together trying to figure out what yeah. to do because nobody reckoned even the White Martians of these three ever getting together. But what are they going to do in one issue anyway? Constantine's going to maybe do some magic. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You have a bunch of uh, wing dings as well. And, and then the idea of this Phantom Zone projector, I keep thinking like, Okay, this is Elseworlds. I guess yeah. it's not black label. It's not listed, but you can kill people. And I think that that Phantom Zone projector is just so the elves don't just light every. Because really, all they have to do, I see these white Martian assholes. There doesn't seem to be too many of them. Go and heat vision their ass and kill them. Just kill them I'm right now, you, but I'm, you're not going to want to do that, I guess. So you have to I'm have a way. I'm gathering my super family. I'm going into space using my telescopic vision, figure out where they are, and heat visioning them from and space. And heat vision it like it's a satellite that just shoots a laser down and Project. just done. Done. I hate to use the deal, but turn these white Martians to ash right now, and they're done with. But yet I think that it's like, well, the elves wouldn't really do that. And so we have a Phantom Zone projector out of nowhere. And I don't we'll like it. do that. I mean, and really, I love the idea too. Is like, oh man, should we make the fan like every problem that happened? You have, you know, should we make the fan some projector now? No, let's wait. All right, it, it's just there. Like the idea, you could have used this for maybe some other shit down the, but no, it's there now. It's an easy way out without killing people, and we'll see. How this and we ends, kill a uh, lot of people in this. It's just all white Martians. Yeah, it's just weird at the end. Like they don't want the elves to be like because then, and you could even explain it if if you ended up having the deal. Hey, why don't we just go kill them right now? Well, everybody's on edge about us being aliens and shit. So we can't really do that. You do that. You show a strong like a like a strong force right there to show why you should be in charge of this planet. And and even not even in charge of the planet, you do this to protect the planet, and then let's see what goes on. And if somebody's scared, whatever, you know, so be it. But you are Dungeon protecting time. everyone, so. And then you rule with an iron fist, Eric, yeah, right. is what I do. And you know what? Most of the people on this planet, you know what can hurt them as well? Fire. Oh, so God. you just do that? Oh, my goodness gracious. I don't even the, art, word. the art looks great, though. Sure it, does. it does look great. And. You do set up a bunch of things for the next issue. It's just by this point, with all the delays and everything going on, it just feels rushed. Everything's a bit, petered out, and it's petered out. Is my big problem. The excitement this used to be of on this, your and my pull list for how we excited we it. were, for how different, interesting the and story that's was. The thing, in this it was Elseworld so setting. different and interesting, right? And everything seemed like it was building up to this big crescendo. As soon as we had the actual reveal of the Martians, which I expected from the get go, but not White Martians, Green Martians, but. It just fizzled out to like, all right, we're all just going to work together now on fire. I'm like, it's almost become the idea, like, you know, what we had with John, Adventures of Superman, John Kent with the walking tour of Injustice. Like, let me tell you how great these characters are. What's the Tom Taylor thing? It's weird. What does he do in Nightwing? Hey, Nightwing's great. Look at this. It's great. Hopefully Titans doesn't end, but that, that even had that. He has that feel of these books. And I don't know, it's cool enough, but you start to get tired of that one a little more. And this being in Elseworlds where people Nobody's end up saying, anymore. yeah, people end up saying, man, Tom Taylor, the best things he does is the Elseworlds stuff. And I'm starting to not agree with that. At one point, this was. Yeah, but not now. And it's okay. It's not horrible. It's just, it's disappointing and kind of generic by this point. We'll see how it ends. Maybe it's some cool stuff, but what would you give it overall? Ultimately, I love the art in this, and I do look forward to the finale because we've been following it this long, even though it's going to, what, take another three months maybe to come out? I don't know. It's probably going to... It says July 25th. 
but we'll see. Okay. All we'll right. see. July 25th. We'll see what happens there. But I have just lost all interest in this book overall for how the directions comes for the finale and also all the long delays just like keeping me out of the flow and the momentum that originally built up. So at this point in time with the reveals here, which wasn't much, it's just every bit of drama was sucked away to say, I love you, man, and move on. And it was, it's very disappointing. So I'm giving it a 6 out of 10. I thought you'd give it a 6.9, dudes. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 as well. I guess we're two, two, bros. two bros, Eric. But with that, what are we going to next? Poison Ivy, number 13, written by G. Will Wilson, with art by Marcia Takaro, Gil March, Kelly Jones, A.L. Kaplan, Arif Prianto, Jose Villarubia, and Hassan Atzmain Elhow. We have a lot of artists on this Poison Ivy, number 13, which is crazy because they're on. On the cover, they say, hey, Date night. I was going to see if you saw the cover, because you don't look at covers a lot. Date oh, night, Eric. I, I just saw it as I loaded the book up to freaking talk about date this. Date You really got to freaking try to fool people now that Poison Ivy's back in Gotham and say, date night? This book has been all over the place, right? You end up starting out, Eric, somebody blocked you on Twitter because of this damn book. Because you ended up talking about, well, originally this book was about this, and then... Trying to murder the world and herself. It's all over the place. And then you you are heading back to Gotham, and what seemed to be, okay, we want to give some people who love Poison Ivy, who are supporting this book, because it did go from a 6 to a 10 to an ongoing, so people are supporting it, so let's give them what they want, a date night issue with Poison Ivy and Harley Bullshit. That's not what this is, and that is a fucking dupe. Poison Ivy wakes up next to Harley and takes off for the and day. And seriously, I, I might be glad it's not that, but I feel bad for people who would see this and go, oh my god, that's awesome. That's what I always like. I'm going to get it. It is nothing of that, and that is bullshit. That, it really is. It's bullshit. So you end up going into this, and you said you have all these artists, right? But yeah. there's not a reason for it. When you go nope. through this, I'm excited. I did look forward to Kelly Jones's part, though. The, the thing is, that's awesome. If it would have been something that was separated in like a reality type deal, because you got big pointy eared. It may, I like. You got classic Kelly Jones, Poison Ivy, and Batman. I'm like, it's so good. When I'm doing, when I'm reading this and you're going through, I'm like, okay, we have the art teams. Oh my God, are we somewhere de- and I, all I said to myself was, Kelly Jones, you just do Kelly Jones. <laughs> the idea that he's not even attempting to get it to Match go with the book now. is so crazy because it's not anything but what's happening. But I loved it. I actually really, really liked his art a lot. It's so funny because when, when Pamela Isley leaves Holly Quinn and goes out, she's essentially wearing just a, a green jumpsuit and a jacket over that. When Kelly Jones gets on... Now it's a two-piece and the shirt's oh, all wide yeah. open. I'm like, how did this one-piece become a two-piece? But you know what? Who cares? You did it, Kelly. <laughs> Where, where's Dancing Mike? This looks like a Xenoscope cover out of nowhere. But when you're going through it, I thought what was happening at first, like, you were going to get Lamia spores. Oh, my God. Why are they affecting me? Like, like you have a little bit of an altered reality, but you don't. You just play well, it. It's such a weird play. To well, have a, it's it's, it's welcome back, Cotter, because Poison Ivy has come back in town. Everybody wants to come and see her. Selena comes by and says, look, you're on the Batman radar because, you know, you're back in Gotham and, like, that's always going to be sus. And even when Batman meets up with her in her old stomping grounds of Robinson Park and she shows off her new Lamia powers to Batman and they have their little tussle, like, you know, who, who has the bigger dick here, essentially. Such a weird idea because Pamela Isley is allowed to go and be free because... She hasn't killed anybody yet. I'm like, motherfucker, look at your goddamn intelligence because this series started out with her murdering See, Batman people left just and right. means today. No. <laughs> it doesn't matter that she had plans to pretty much 
genocide the entire planet. And, and the thing is, not everybody like she, not everybody that she thought she had killed by the Lamia spores actually died, but there was still quite a body count. Yeah, there's a body count. There is, and again, at points. You ended up having G. Willow try to like, well, it wasn't. Ri- it's almost like Batman. The gravity killed him, like that sort of oh, play. But Forotic Man did it because of the Lamia Spores mind control. I got you, Pamela. She's killed a lot of people, and I mean, seriously, I wish that Batman could read minds because she's got killing on her mind still. I mean, she's not exactly saying I'm not going to do it again. She kind of doesn't mind doing it again, but. In this, it almost reminds me, because she runs into Catwoman then as well, and like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up with you? Well, the Bat family's after you. All right, here, you drop this. I'm getting out of here. But you end up having this play of almost like what you had with Chip Zdarsky trying to make sense of what Teeny Howard's doing. The problem is G. Willow Wilson's trying to make sense of what she did in this when she comes back, like you said about, oh, well, you know, the killing. She did a lot of the killing. She Should likes to kill. I like to kill. I believe that she might. I like the killing. <laughs> but you end up where she also wants to lay low a bit, which is the. It's funny because it's supposed to be a date night. But at least Catwoman's wearing a disguise in Batman. She's not doing anything. Yeah, really. And and so by the end of this, when she ends up, well, I'm going to go to Slaughter Swamp. I'm going to figure this shit out. Whatever. Well, that's, it's fine to share. It's fine to share an apartment with my girlfriend. But what if I need some poison ivy time? I can't quite do that with Harley Quinn. Whether or not we're in a regular apartment or her barge from her series before people forgot that she had a barge, doesn't matter. I need my own little place to be me. Obviously, I can't do it in Robinson Park because Batman's hanging around being a dick. I'm going to go to Slaughter Swap to go and be hanging out by myself, maybe say hello to Solomon Grundy every time he's born on a Monday. But ultimately, I'm going to go out there and here's a, here's a freaking hunting cabin that's all abandoned. It's all for me. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. Waylon Jones, the killer croc. He's here. He's taking dibs on this. And now we got to talk about what's going on because I called dibs. He said he had dibs. But <laughs> he it has turns dibs. Out, it's his. But it turns out he can't go back and do sewer things no more because somebody, you know, Lex Luthor's buying up all this real estate in Gotham to build these high-rise apartments, which only the rich can afford, but they won't be able to live there. They'll just hide all the rich stuff. So it's more housing for people, but only the rich people who won't really live there. So you got to stop that if you want this hunting cabin and slaughter swap. Yeah, and why not? Say the organs first off. Why bring up Lex Luthor? He's in prison right now. Organs are doing shit all over Gotham. Again, that shows G. Will Wilson doesn't know shit about shit as what's going on. But my big play, too, is that what this issue really says to me is that, okay, Pam's not going to be around Harley because that might cause problems with the Harley solo issue. You, so you have date night on the cover, and a lot of this issue is her getting away from being around Harley, setting this up. And that, that's complete bullshit because I don't think they want to you know, get involved because things going on with a solo book with Harley and it wouldn't make sense to some people. But when you go through all this, once you get this, I like Killer Croc in this. I will give you that. He's okay. Well, he's funny because he's calling Pamela on her bullshit that we keep calling the idea of having the blue aguave. Well, now it's almond milk and now it's this and now it's the city and all that. You one of them hoity-toity bitches. I know that, Pamela. I love the idea that you end up having G. Willow Wilson almost calling herself out on her bullshit that we've had. But by the end, it doesn't really matter anyway, because she's just going to do it. But it it just kind of made me laugh a little. But I like when Killer Croc's kind of a good dude, and he kind of ends up being somewhat of a good guy. Well, I'm just trying to think of the continuity, because right now he's trying to live in an abandoned cabin in Slaughter Swamp. And I'm thinking (laughs) about the next book that we're going to be talking about, where he's having a freaking fist fight with the faux Joker in the sewers. 
And I just like I don't know where we are ever with Whalen. And with that, with the the sewer deal, he was pissed off that people were going down the sewers because that's nobody's paying attention to the other people or doing anything with it. We started out the podcast with Jason Todd. We don't even know if Chip Zdarsky knows what's going on with just him the either, idea so. though of Lex Luthor. I don't understand Lex Luthor. Why? I can't go in the sewers because Lex Luthor's buying a property all over Gotham and they're trying to build high rise apartments for the rich. I'm like, the fuck does that affect you in the sewers? I, I, I don't understand the idea of that killer croc, but ultimately it's just here so we can say, look, killer croc, if I go and shut down these high rise apartments, you, you and I, we stay out of each other's way and you let me have this cabin. Deal? Deal. It just leads Ivy back to Gotham where she's seeing these high rise apartments and realizing these aren't for regular <laughs> people like you and me. These are for, these are for the rich folks, and they, they won't even stay here. This is bullshit. But you know what? I'm going to go in here with a hard hat and an orange vest, make people think that I'm a part of the crew, and then I'm going to find that Lamia Spores are doing stuff here, and possibly the Florotic Man has come back to Gotham, has doing shit, and I'm just like... And I, I got even the idea that it's going to look like Batman will see this, and it'll all be, oh, yeah, oh my god, Ivy's on this. But again, I love where you have all the stuff with these high-rises. Why would it I don't know why it would affect the sewers at oh all. Oh, my God, the organ place. But you continuously do this nonsense with, oh, almond milk. Well, you know, the water that takes that. You do that. But when you get to a point where Pam has to do bullshit stuff, she'll just walk onto any fucking work site. Hey, you one of the new people? I'm landscaping. I'm landscaping. All right. Well, you guys are in the back. Okay, they're in the back. I'm going to go up this elevator here and check out this. What the fuck are you doing? And then would you, oh, my. These are fancy, but oh, Lamy Spores. Oh, it's shit. It's going to be funny to me, though, too, because the guy, I'm going to say, I think maybe the foreman, I don't know how things work, but he's like, this is impressive, right? It's going to be the tallest residential building in Gotham when it's finished. I'm like, how many floors is it going to have? Because all I could think about was Tom King's 84th floor for that Kite Man story with the Brave and the Mold. And that was a rundown apartment that was taller than the Empire State Building. I mean, this shit's going to go to the moon, Eric. Batman won't have to jump off the moon. He'll just have to take the elevator in this fucking building it's a down. Long ride. And the only thing, like the the weird play is, I, I love that Jim Wilson's writing and like I got to get somebody who's you know some rich guy that people don't. Oh, Lex Luthor. Like, did anybody tell her that he wouldn't really do that much like this in in Gotham? Imagine and the synergy though that you could have going on here, where like you can do for. You could do Floronic Man stuff where, like, obviously Pam is here trying to shut something down that she doesn't find right because of rich folks and how they're the wrong people. But she can stop that because the Floronic Man and maybe even Batman will get in the way because of the dead bodies start popping here. There's no reason not to make this the Oregon place. The Oregon, yeah. And and the whole play, and you mentioned Bruce, and even though, you know, the way I don't even know what they'd say with Lucius and Bruce or whatever, but. You know, Lex just can't just waltz in and just say, hey, I'm going to build all these fucking buildings. He might be able to. Money talks, Jim. Bullshit walks. I don't even know what the fuck, where, what area of downtown Gotham is even around anymore that you can do this shit, but who knows? I mean, we got the, the Arkham Tower, we got the Oregon Place, we got the Lex Luthor Suites. I don't know. Bullshit. The Oregon Hotels? That going, yeah, Oregon Hotels. We got the, the Growler shit going on. Oh, my goodness gracious. What else Growl. don't we have? And all of that going down, Lex Luthor is a boss. I said to you, this guy is in prison. He's running more shit from that prison. What's going to happen when Cal fights out? Oh, my God. 
You're working on the sly and buildings. It's nonsense. But the funniest part about all of this, though, for the idea that Pam wants her own slaughter swamp abandoned cabin to be her own self and away from Harley Quinn now that she's back in Gotham City and with her lady love, which leads her down the path of taking down high rise apartments that aren't for real people. They're just a tomb for wealth. Ultimately, we figure out, oh, my God, the Pharaonic Man's back, but also. Next night terror. So you're not even going to be dealing with what we have set up here because it's night terror stuff. Or maybe Chilenosenia. I don't know. But even when you're going, because one of the big things in this, and I love this throwaway line, because when Pam left, she did have an underground garden paradise, right? She had that all going on. And you end up where Killer Croc just says, and your little underground garden didn't help. You left it rot and clog up the pipes. And you end up Pam go, I guess I did leave without cleaning up. And then we're even revealed that that road trip was like a year. She ended up talking about that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Well, what the fuck? Uh, but there you go. Here you go. Poison Ivy, everybody. But yeah, we'll go to Night Terrors. And I, I think that will probably be bullshit, too. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll give it it's a just, chance. I'm telling you, I really thought that this was an interesting book when it started out with, with a status quo so change of the Pamela place now, right? But ever since it decided like it was going to be more than eight issues, like they ran out of story and all we've been doing with the Lamia stuff that makes no sense now going forward. It's all about the Pharaonic man coming back, his connection to Pamela Isley. We have no word about the gardener and what she's up to since we had to force that connection anyway to bring her into Pamela Isley's origin story. But she would just, have been down there probably taking care of that garden paradise, but that's with her, with her, like, you know, grass dogs. You know, the grass dogs. And so. All of this, it just makes me laugh because all I keep thinking about is you got blocked by that person on Twitter because you said that, you know, Poison Ivy can be a villain or a hero. She kind of ends up doing some sus things. And, no way. No, you're blocked. Men are upset about that and they can't yeah, deal I with it. I response. I just got blocked. It's not as if, but that was the response before the yeah. reply. But the idea of all this is not exactly on the up and up fully in this anyway because it's that gray area it is that she has her own morality she has her own ideas she's going to act on him and it's it's right in in her way and it might kind of rub you know batman the wrong way or she might kill some people but you know they might be eating the blue aguave sign you know that means they're sus or the almond milk that I know you drink, so you're, I love you're almond milk. enemy number one there. But, but dairy hurts my tum-tum. He's got the flower on his face. Oh, shit. It looks like, you know, maybe Floronic Man's back. I like, too, that you have to just mention as a passing, I called Janet over there at the Harleys. He's still there. Okay. Like, why do we have to bring up Janet and the fact that she's staying with Harley? I need you to pack up the van for me because I'm going to Slaughter Swamp. Yes, yeah, Slaughter Swamp it is. And oh, no. I'd love now. You want to have some fun? Fuck that. You have Killer Croc and her, like, they're roommates. This is the odd couple. Like, have some fun here. But it's like, you pay, you paint a line down the middle, you stay on your side. It'd be, off, it'd be awesome. And you see Killer Croc, he looks and he's, like, painting himself into a corner. He can't leave now. And he's just, he just crashes <laughs> through the wall. Like, you could have all that fun, but you don't. But instead, you have six pages it seems of getting this deal going up and i love the idea that croc's like what's the deal oh i give up where i'm already living and fine with because you're gonna go and do something for the same nonsense but you did have a sandwich look at that sandwich you had to make yeah, it, it. There. yeah great but what would you give this ultimately i think even though we have a bunch of artists in this book they all look great even though they don't complement each other for the style that the book is going for it's just weird like you know tonal shifts in the way that the book looks but i think each individual one looks fine on its, it's own the story though like always is the problem in this book you have date night on the cover you don't even get harley quinn except for a panel as pamela's getting out of bed 
They go off to do more bullshit that doesn't matter for Pamela Isley, whether it makes sense or not for the overall continuity of Gotham City. The idea that Batman gives her a pass because she hasn't killed anybody when this book was full of her murdering people left and right <laughs> in the beginning of the series. He's been gone all for all a while. Eric, he didn't hear it. Nobody told him. And we're back to Floronic Man stuff, which the story can't get itself out of its own way, doing this whole Lamia Spore stuff. And now it's also Night Terrors. There's just, it's, it's just nonsense tacked on top of nonsense. When I want a good Pamela Isley slash Poison Ivy book because I thought the story Initially, it was good. It's just, it's fallen so goddamn far from where it started. It's just so fallen so much flat. I'm going to be a five out of 10. I'm giving it a regular five out of 10 as well. What the hell is even that? What the hell is even that? And it's funny, too, because if you went with the idea where, in my mind, they're like, okay, Marceo Takara, you're usually the artist on, so you're on. Hey, Gillian March, you want to do this thing? We're going to have a date night, and they're going to go all over the place, so we want different artists to show different times of the date night, have some fun. Kelly Jones, Al Kaplan. Oh, by the way, we're not doing date night now. Let's just do shit. And it just felt weird why you would have that many. Like, yeah, there's backup artists at times. Four artists on this for no apparent reason at all. And it just is very odd. But everyone does a good job, like you said. It just is weird and just jarring as you go. But I do. I always get a kick. Out of Kelly Jones art. So that was when Batman shows up. That's when I was like, years larger than life. You're just doing your deal. You'd be you. It is. It's definitely just him being him. So, oh uh, my! But we'll we'll go to the last book of the night, one that I have not been enjoying, but Eric is holding out hope for. What is it, Eric? The Joker, the man who stopped caring so much. Number nine, written by Matthew Rosenberg, with art by Carmine D.G. Domenico, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Tom Napolitano, with backup by Matthew Rosenberg again, Franco Francisco Francavilla, and Tom Napolitano on art. And in this issue. We have an all-out balls-to-the-wall battle between the faux Joker and Killer Croc for, I don't know, the idea is like, you have besmirched the good name of my Solomon Grundy. I must take offense to this, sir, and take your crocodile ass out. Where it just becomes this back and forth about the idea about who's the real Joker, who's not the real Joker. Where are faux Jokers, what we believe to be the faux Joker so far, takes out Killer Croc and realizes, well, if the real Joker's coming back and he's going to have a lot to say about me being here, he already tried to kill me once. I need to create an army while the real Joker comes to town. He's like, I need to create an army too. So it's, it comes to the war of the Jokers. The big setup for it though here. Yeah, that's, that's what we get. We get Jason too, where he ends up getting, you know, rescued from him going off to Ravager, prison. Which is it's cool. By, it's Ravager though. I don't know why. I mean, if we're going to play the deal, she's on Stormwatch now. This is pretty low level thing. If, if that's the she case. She cares but about still, Jason. Yeah, but I don't think she'd even know about this if it, if it was, if there was more synergy, but there's not. It's fine. Uh, it's a weird but, thing because we had the whole big deal where it was brought up where in um, the unkillables of the deceased, the second story of a, a deceased where like Jason Todd and Ravager were a couple. And we like everybody, I think, was like, this is a great idea. In the main universe, I think we had a few issues here and there. I don't remember what the book was of them kind of hanging out and like, you know, oh, it's cool. They're taking this from there. I don't remember what that was. That was like an urban legend story or something on the line. But it happening here, a continuation, it's something I do want to see. And I do enjoy those two being together. I'm like, are we getting the Atwells back together, even though she's on the Stormwatch? Or is this an open casting call for more members of Stormwatch with Jason Todd? Again, I it's that's a different writer and things like that. And I don't see any Same universe shit going on. So I think that this is just Matthew Rosenberg being Matthew Rosenberg. And what I mean by that, fucking sucking because i can't stand this book i can't stand fucking reading any pages of it and i'm being nice i cannot 
There is no progression here. You end up having the Joker, who we think might be the real one, heading to Gotham. He's going to make a team. But in the meantime, the faux Joker, who might be the real Joker, he's getting things together. Nothing really happens. And by the end, oh, my Joker war. But the idea of Jason Todd even being in this book seems silly anymore because that's not what we're here for. Joker is the deal on the cover. And I don't even know who stopped laughing anyway, which is the title of it. But overall... You know, you have jokes like, hey, this guy was fucking a crocodile in the zoo. Hey, hey, he had reptile dysfunction. I'm like, go fuck yourself. I, I okay, can't you stand say it. that. And then they used a the joke later on that you use all the time that you love. Yeah. But again, in this, it's it's not funny. Plus, you do have him use Scarface and Ventriloquist. And he fucks up yeah. at the beginning by saying big. But then he does say the G's with the B. I thought he had something there. The only thing that I actually like about this whole issue, except the end, Eric, is actually the backup, which was the best backup that we've had in this entire series. And it means nothing, but it was the best one. It was the best one. This is the backup here with, with Jim Gordon being so obsessed with the Joker that he ends up thinking, Somebody jaywalking Look, might be the Joker. That's hilarious. I, I love that. But... Have you have you checked out any of the episodes of the HBO Harley Quinn animated series? I've only seen the first couple issues. Uh, okay, episodes well, in of that, it, the main thing. You you have a very dumb, driven Jim Gordon. The thing is, I feel like that's this Jim Gordon for the idea that the Joker is killed, and it's like it's a weird situation too for the backup because the Joker is killed seemingly by Batgirl who dropped him into like you know the, the river by mistake. And he's like, Jim Gordon, on the idea that the Joker always comes back, or B, he knows that Barbara Gordon is back, or can't believe that his daughter killed the Joker. He has this obsession built up with him where he believes that everything that's going to happen is going to be the Joker coming back. So he loses his mind. I love where he just retired. (laughs) It's good. But in order to get into the mind of the Joker, he has to become the Joker. So even though Joe, so Jim Gordon in our backup becomes the actual Joker. I'm like, this is an amazing little, if you actually tied this into a whole Elseworlds, like maybe like a one shot, that'd be great. Here's the thing about it, because it's such a throwaway at the end, right? You, hey, these don't mean anything, but actually ties in so well with that first Joker series where it was Jim yeah. Gordon going off to get the Joker, the Joker. Now he's yeah. there. Yeah. And, and so. That it's the best thing that Matthew Rosemary's done in this entire series. So I actually see that he could do something that I like, right? But in the regular book, it's just it it's surface level, you know, oh my god, look at this. But at the end, he didn't really get any further. And what is this going to end up being? Well, you are building an army for this whole thing, which is kind of cool. What is that gonna do for the overall deal? We really just want to see. Who's the Joker and who's not? Now I'm I'm still sticking with what I said before. Whoever lives is the real Joker. You're just going to go with it, and they're going to play the idea, like in these backups, that eh, it doesn't really matter who. If they're even saying it in some of the dialogue. It doesn't matter who the Joker really is. I still think it kind of matters. No, it, to, to everybody else, they say, we don't even know who the Joker is. You're always here. We're scared of you, but nobody knows who you are. So at the end, the idea of why there's always these Jokers or whatever is because nobody really knows. And whoever has the clown makeup on at the end, that's the joke. We go with it. I guarantee you that. But this is an ongoing series. How does this end in a way that then you continue with? It just doesn't. I don't know because like the thing is, I don't know how they're going to go because the idea of the joke of the man who stopped laughing in an ongoing series obviously has to stop at some point because how long can you go with that? But the ongoing story of it, it has to change at a certain point because it will get I don't think it will. It I think it gets canceled. I think that because when we find out that I, I actually think that we're going to find out that this book is over in either like September, or October, that we'll end up getting 
you know, some of the solicits. But the whether Yoda. or not it's canceled or not, or it just ends because it needs to end, you can't continue the story forever because it's already been like, you know, pretty heavily padded with trying to keep it going as far as it is right now. But in this issue, when you have the Joker finally back from LA to Gotham, because he's going to, he's got a bit of a, fussing and a feuding going on with this other Joker, setting up an army of bad guys to go against the other. It is funny to me when you have like KG Beast, Crazy Quilt, Ratcatcher, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, Killer Moth, Clayface, and like, you know, Zazz and Mad Hatter, all of these big names going with the regular Joker that we all know and love. And then with the idea that the faux Joker gets a hold of the Ventriloquist and Scarface, like, I need you to go out there and get the worst of the worst. I need to build an army to go against this Joker who's coming to town and trying to take my name and my life when we get to that part of the book, you have just an old man with a shotgun, a person who looks like a juggalo, and just a gorilla that they stole from the zoo who they're calling Jack and Apes because they don't know what a Jack and Apes is. That's pretty damn funny to me. I didn't think it was funny at all. I was annoyed by it. I was confused at first the way the oh, depression goes. Oh, he does goes, have Solomon again, Grundy, too, though. Yeah. In that that's I'm a heavy just, hitter. And that's why I think that he's actually the real Joker now because you're setting up these odds and that'll be the deal. But again, I don't think it matters at all by the end. I did like the backup of this whole deal. It, it, most of the, and the Waffles score, is alive. The scores, yeah, lippy. The scores end up they they're plummeting, and the sales are as well. This was at one point it perplexed me why it seemed like it was selling so well. It has not. It's not selling anymore, and I think that it will be canceled. And it it ne- Matthew Rosenberg never had a real story. I mean, the idea that he had a concept, vote Joker. Jo- we have done shit about it. Nine issues is way too long. To fuck around with this nonsense and so by the end of seeing oh they're gonna go to war with them like just I look forward to that. know what's going on and also I, the idea of jason todd teamed up with ravager to freaking be like the little like you know like the fly in the ointment but what are they I, gonna I see do what, i want to see what he's going to do because you can be faced with two jokers but are they going to go against the jokers do you think that jason well, yeah. will strut then why wouldn't batman why wouldn't Damien? Why wouldn't Tim Drake? I mean, this is nonsense that this is so condensed that it's Jason Todd. Oh, thanks. Well, like you, Jason Todd has a vendetta. This is two Jokers ripping through Gotham. It's beyond just a vendetta. And it might get bigger. But right now, these are our main goodies with Batgirl. It's not going to get and bigger. When it's Ravager talks about bullshit. what's going on with Jason Todd and like tells Ravager where to find him and stuff like that, she says, the good-looking Batgirl told me this. And she also, I also she owes me 20 bucks because they're like, uh, I knew you weren't going to stop this whole vendetta you have. I want to think that Steph. What do you think? It's the good-looking background. I, I just think it's Barbara. I okay. think Barbara was the one. And, and again, who knows? But again, if it was Steph, you would then get. But like, there's so many things that would be involved. And when you get these, this war, you say like, I'm looking forward to it. If it's legit. Ain't gonna be much of a war. I mean, you're gonna have an old guy get slaughtered. You're gonna have a juggalo. He's dead, <laughs> and the safe's just gonna run off. And I. We waited nine issues for but that. But we also have Solomon Grundy. Yeah, but again, Solomon Grundy versus all these other Scarface? Solomon Grundy's dead. How dare he's got a Tommy gun. Yeah, he's got a Tommy I see everybody else with guns and worse, so I just <laughs> I don't know. I'm telling you, I want to know how the odds are. Does Jason Todd maybe go with the phone jerker because he thinks that this guy's the real jerker? So we even the odds with Ravager and Red Hood. I don't know, but I'm having some fun with this because I look forward to the idea of how it works. If Jason Todd goes with any Joker, fuck him. That's just like Batman going with the Riddler and the jokes and riddles. He would go with neither. If he ends up teaming up with any of these assholes, whether he thinks he's right or not or real or whatnot, that is complete and utter bullshit. He should just go in and the whole Bat family should come in and just arrest everybody off they go. But I did like the backup. I just, 
after nine issues and to get this where it's oh gang war and I just feel like it's finally getting back on track with something back on track. It just never not was on L- track. That's just with Joker problem. being in LA making jokes and fighting Manhunter felt very out of place for everything that had been set up previously. Now that Joker's back in town and the faux Joker's out and about, you know, kicking ass and taking names, and that's not just being fed rat juice by Salmon running the suits. It feels like it's finally like building some kind of momentum once again. Yeah, I don't think there's any because when we end, we're just like, okay, I'm going to get that guy, and that's what we've had for issue after issue. You just had to get. But now there. we can actually get the guy. I don't. I don't think that we'll ever do anything. I, I've said it all along, and he, he hasn't yet. So we'll see what happens. But I think it's going to be. An, and the idea, the big thing you wanted was, is he dead? Is he whatever? I think that's all pushed aside too and we'll just go with this war thing and i thought it fucking sucked but uh that's just me uh what would you give it i would give this a 6.5 out of 10 i think the art's pretty good all the way through and like i said before the idea that the momentum is finally building back up again for the first time in months it feels like i look forward to that because i want to know the mystery of the faux joker i want to see the joker with all these crazy gotham characters coming together and i want to see what jason todd and ravager will do now they're teaming up together for this upcoming war yeah, again, I'm not interested in any of this bullshit. And I and think the that it's I just going to be the backup I really like, but I feel weird giving it a good score because the backup, because we didn't negate anything from the other bullshit ones before, and I still hated everything. So I'm just a three out of 10, and I think it sucks. But with all that, that's me. And again, though, like I said, even sites that give everything a 10 are giving this sixes and sevens. It's really to a point where. I don't think anybody's reading it anymore. I think everybody's bailed on it. Maybe they'll read it in trade. Maybe they read it in the app. But I don't think this is any bit of anything going on that's interesting one bit. So we'll see how it ends. We'll Joker's keep doing war. It. We'll keep doing it. But again, you know, it's just another war in Gotham. We we have a million of them, but this one's... I would have rather have had it out of Gotham so that you couldn't sit there and say, well, where the fuck is everybody else? And everybody else might show up if this thing gets out of hand. I would doubt that in this book that anybody would show up other than just Jason and Ravager. I, I think it would get too... Well, I didn't expect that. Manhunter or Ravager either. Well, again, Manhunter's bullshit. I'm talking about like Batman or Superman. Like they, if, they, if Batman shows up at the Bat Family, it's over. They're done. And so you're not going to that he's playing bullshits he's, he's just fucking stringing along because if you end the story the book ends he's doing that classic of oh keep moving well, I said slowly before, that's the biggest problem yeah so i think that unfortunately that's what's affected this book for nine fucking issues now it's been that long and we really don't have anything finally joker's back in gotham for the full yeah. joker but yeah i i we almost you know nine months of that bullshit but all in all did like the backup though. That was one of the better things he's done, but I, I just don't like him. I think he's a hack. But what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Batman number one thirty six. Yeah, mine's Flash number eight hundred. Eric is not a guy who likes fun, so he didn't like that. But here we go with what we are I'll talking about. Give you reasons about. why though. Yeah, what we are talking about next week. Ooh, we the books will talk about Eric. I can't believe one better than. The other one, because we only have three. We have three books that we're talking about next week, two of which will, will be on the Patreon spotlight. So if you want to actually listen to a good chunk of the books, please go over to patreon.com slash weird science. You can help us out. But if you do go over, you can get the $5 level for a free seven-day trial, and that's where the spotlight is. So you can go listen to a whole week of shows for free. See if you like it, and then by the end, you can then sign up 
to go forward and help us out. But you can always check these out. Here are the books. Batman Incorporated, number nine. Little Joker, Inc. Yeah. That's everything that's coming up with Joker. But we're actually enjoying that more than a lot of other people. We have Green Lantern, number two. Why doesn't Batman show up, Jim? Well, because he is there, I think. And also (laughs) because it was spelled out that he's missing and all that. At least that makes sense, right? And I still think that he's wingman. We end well, up how do you having, know that Batman's not in a parallel dimension at this point in time, fighting for his life and losing his hand? He might be, but that isn't spelled out. But there's also other characters that once the jo- if there's two, jo- one Joker causes problems, that's going to have people coming out of the woodwork to stop. Two Jokers, there's no way. Well, everybody don't. believes the Joker's in L.A. right now. Well, I don't know. He's, he's probably very well seen going down and blowing up every convenience store that he's in. There has to be a bit of a trail going, and there might be some surveillance going. So you have that. I've seen where they have guys who try to, like, you know, they kill a hooker, and they put it in the back of the truck, and you got 80, million, 80 million pictures of this nonsense going on. But They should have blown it up. There you go. But, yeah, so we have Green Lantern number two, Jeremy Adams. Now I lost my voice again. Doing this with these assholes writing these books. What happens? This is yeah. why this is why DC doesn't like us. It's all me. Green Lantern number two. Well, here's the deal. I don't like it. I'm gonna tell you. Green Lantern number two, though, Jeremy Adams. I like the first issue more than Eric did, but it I think we both agree. It was oh, a no, nice way to kind of reset things and get moving. Hopefully things start to go. And I want to see what's up with that drunk ass Sinestro. Drowning his sorrows Just because a man is sitting in a bar doesn't make him drunk Drunk ass We'll see, we'll see what's going on I do believe Kilowog shows up in this issue So that'd be kind of cool And we have Spirit World number two uh, Continuing the We Are Legends stuff That we really did enjoy We we were very shocked and surprised We liked all of those I like the Vigil the most But Spirit World second and then City Boy Did I like City Boy the most or Spirit World I don't remember now I think maybe Spirit World I think maybe Spirit World but boy that's City Boy It's good for the songs (laughs) It really is so next week though Two of these books will be so that means We got one book On the regular show And a 25 do or die pull list And yeah we were talking we'll do our $25 do or die pull list Now that we're kind of settled a little Couldn't do it last week because we had to give it some time But now now we can finally do it. I mean, I said that we'd do it at the end of, of June as we go into Night Terrors, but, I mean, we have one book on the regular show. We might as well do it next week. So we'll see how that is. But, again, if you want to get the full experience, not even just the spotlight, but a lot of other shows, including reading clubs like a, say, a Hellboy reading club or a Walking Dead or even an Injustice, which we talked about earlier. I do an Injustice reading club as well as a bunch of other shows. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, and also early access to the podcast each and every week. Check that out. Also, check out our reviews at weirdsciencedccomics.com, I think it is. I don't know. Mar- DC thinks that we're stopped reviewing them. That is not the case, so we'll keep going with that. And also, please check out the stuff I'm doing over at YouTube as well, Weird Science Comics, where I do reviews and little editorial stuff, Eric, a little soapbox stuff. So, Go and check all of that stuff out. And, and also, Wakasashi's Tea House. Check it all out here. We have everything. Check it that out. is it. Check it stuff. out. What, what is it? Top that. I thought Top you were that. Say. Top that. Two bros. Oh, my. But there it is, Eric. We are done. What do we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. 69, dudes. The hell is even that? You have stolen my dreams. I like the killing.